Hey, what's up? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we are joined by our buddy, the ginger geek himself, Matt Delhauer, as he gives us a quick report of his time at this year's New York Comic Con. Todd McFarlane gets into the Guinness World Book of Records, and director Martin Scorsese says he doesn't care for Marvel movies, and the internet has opinions. Plus, our full spoiler review of the latest DC Comics movie, Joker. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, October 10th, 2019. <laughs> you know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock it. We heard it. We funny. Disturb it. Jock it. We heard it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, what's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose every week. Jock and Nerd! <laughs> My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the human soundboard. I mean, he's the jock. <laughs> he's the nerd. <laughs> and joining us is, of course, the internet's favorite felty American. You know him, you love him. Rug boy, what's up? I have no clever intro to tie anything in today. Good, because I have absolutely nothing. Yeah, great. We'll call- I'm running on felt and cotton right now. Oh, my God, and the cotton is running thin. Also joining us, special guest, friend of the show, listener, Patreon supporter, creator of the What the Fuck Happened series, host of the Ginger Geek pod. It's the Ginger Geek himself, Matt Delhauer. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? I realize it's been four years and I still don't have my own like really cool intro thing. You need a little like, ro- st- like how Rogue Boy has like that. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, how's it going? Uh, you just you got to come up with a catchphrase, you know? Ah, I'm not cool need, enough. Like, I'm already a ginger man. These are- I'm already fighting uphill. You say my dick's on fire. My dick's on fire. <laughs> there we go. That's, I don't, that doesn't sound like an intro. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the first thing I can think of that was remotely dick related. Uh, I hope it's not on fire. Dip it in the nearest liquid that's around you. Uh, but thanks for being here, man. It's uh, It's been a while, and uh, we're in between what the fuck happens. It's always no, great. Absolutely, man. Thanks for letting me invite myself onto your show. The, uh, apparently, Delhauer, very popular man this evening. Uh, we stole him away from Voice from the Underground. They were also after you, but we beat you, beat them to it. Oh, really? Yes. Because well, here's the thing. I, I messaged Imran back on Tuesday. I was like, you guys are going to be reviewing Joker on Thursday, I'm assuming. And he said, yes. And I said, great. I would love to do it. So invite me on. <laughs> I love when you invite yourself, because how am I supposed to know? Jock and Nerd! We, you're loyal to Jock and Nerd. You can go on their show later. Whatever. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, because here's the thing. It's, it wasn't that you, like, stole me away from them. He chose. Literally, yes. Dutch messaged me, like, two hours ago. Oh, yeah. He, He's like, hey, are you free at 9.30 to talk about Joker? I'm like, dude, I'm already booked, <laughs> man. Like, sorry. That's actually been his thing, yeah, though. That's a good problem to he have. Will, yeah. He will message me. As well, and I believe he's done it with Imran. Like, yep. Hey, I, in an hour, you want to come on the show? It's like, 
sure. <laughs> if I'm not doing anything. You can expect the last minute podcast booty call from Jason Dutch. Yeah. Absolutely. He did some, that. I, would, some, I would love for it to be something like <laughs> something I really definitely could never get out of. Like, hey, man, you want to jump on the show in 10 minutes? I'm currently skydiving. So, no. <laughs> Stop FaceTiming me. I'm falling. I mid-stroke. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. I'll be right there. Hold on. I'll be on. <laughs> no way, Baton. That's, that's what you're supposed to say. Anyways, look, we have a little bit of news and this uh, crazy, fascinating movie to review. Let's get right to it. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. And we're going to start just by putting Dalhauer on the spot because New York Comic Con was this past weekend. Uh, a lot of our buddies was there. Bellotti was there. Were there. Were there. Was there. Was was Where was you? Uh, I'm right here. All of these guys All out there. All these guys was out there. And Del Hauer was there. Del Hauer, who'd you go as? Uh, so Sunday I dressed as Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. I see. Because uh, it's 2019, so I got to start wearing the fashion. You can see if you click that tweet. I'll put it in the show notes. You can see <laughs> Del Hauer's cosplay. It looks you. You look good. I'm yeah, like, I like we have it. a cl- we have a, a link. There's a link and, in the show notes. Uh, right can we there. play the clip? Uh, I don't have. Uh, Let me tell you about Tony. All right. Tony ruins lives. That happened. At, <laughs> That's the clip. That happened at New York Comic Con. No, that was the clip. I sound good. <laughs> How was it? Uh, give us a quick report of uh, your time there. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I only was able to go on Friday and Sunday because um, being uh, an adult means I completely forgot when I was supposed to be buying tickets, and every time that I got in there, Saturday was completely sold out. Oh no. And I figured at that point, I don't want to go on Saturday. Like, that shit's going to be crowded. Yeah. Um, Sunday wasn't much better, but Friday was actually pretty good. Uh, not not nearly as many people. But uh, I went and I saw the the Twisted Tunes panel, which was pretty good, which they tend to always have uh, voice actors oh, will yeah. read through a, like a movie script, and they'll play it as like, oh, this character from this cartoon you've been in and stuff. So I got to listen to Tom Kenny read as the Joker from The Dark Knight oh, as SpongeBob. That, oh, that's fun. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, which is ridiculous. Um, other than that, uh, the floor, I mean, it's always crowded. They've always got their sections where it's like the, you know, the video games that they want you to test out. Uh, the comics all have their different major booths that you can go to. Uh, the big one this year was the, uh, Marvel Avengers video game was doing a playable demo that you could go to. Ooh, that's cool. Did you get to play it? I did not because I didn't want to wait three and a half hours in the line yeah, to play a 15 minute demo of a video that game. That doesn't seem like a good use of time. No. So <laughs> I just kind of wandered around and watched the people who were playing it to get look? a sense of like, it looks beautiful. Wow. Uh, the best way I can describe it is it looks like they took the newest God of War game and they kind of smashed it together with Marvel. Wow. And they were like, this is how you're going to play it now. And every character has like their own fighting style. So like if you're playing as Thor, you know, you're bashing the shit with the hammer and you're like super strong, super heavy. Uh, if you're playing as Black Widow, it's more of like a lot of jumping around and, and very quick hits and stuff like that. Uh, it looks like it's fun, but, uh, you know, obviously we have to wait for when it actually comes out. The big the big reveal that they had this year was the fact that uh, Kamala Khan is going to be a playable character in it. Oh, they're adding her in there and she's getting her own Disney Plus TV show. Yeah, she's she's all over the place. Uh, they also had a giant golden statue of Captain America in the middle of it. Okay. 
because I don't know if this is a spoiler. It seems like they've given it away at this point. Yes. Uh, Captain America dies in this game. Uh, Oh, yeah. In the very, like in the beginning. In the the beginning. That's not a spoiler at all. Yeah. Yeah, There's like a, there's like a big, big fight in San Francisco on the Golden Gate Bridge. And I guess apparently Steve dies in it. He's in that. It leads to them breaking up. He, he's in the helicarrier and it goes down and then it jumps ahead. They kind of like do an end game. It jumps ahead. So it looks Five like the, the story of the game is that Kamala Khan has hacked into Ames servers Ooh. and stolen evidence that proves they framed uh, the Avengers for the attack on the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever. Uh, okay. And now she's got to get the band back together. Oh, that's fun. So they can then clear their names and, and stop whatever the hell the nefarious thing going on is. It'd be fun to play her stretchy powers. That It looks it looks like it'd be fun, but it also looks like it could be really <laughs> difficult. <laughs> that's cool. Did you see uh, happen to run into Bilotti at all going over to Artist Alley? I, the problem is I didn't. Oh, I no. wasn't in Artist Alley Ooh. a lot, and by the time that he I realized no he had a table, <laughs> uh, oh right, it was Sunday, and I was already leaving, and I went, oh, fuck. It would have been nice. Did you see there's photos? Jimmy Shea went as, I guess he was uh, X-Wing pilot uh, Wedge Antilles. Is that what the costume yes. is, Jimmy? Yes. So he, Gesundheit. He got, to, <laughs> he got to, God bless you, he got to uh, meet Pilati. That was cool. Uh, there was trailers and stuff. I didn't put any in there. There was a lot of Star Trek stuff, a new Picard trailer. There was a lot of Star Trek stuff. Um, they also had surprise visits from Ryan Reynolds and Margot Robbie. I was not there for either of those days. And I heard there was a Stan Lee tribute, and Charlie Cox came out dressed as Matt Murdock, which was geek boner, which was also cool. He wore a pair of glasses. Baby. That's all he did. He grabbed a it's stick. All he has to do. Wear, red, wear a pair of glasses. Brown, maybe red. a shabby looking suit. Red glasses. Uh, uh, I would have laughed if he came out and just like looked like he'd gotten his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been great. He just trips. Uh, the one cool thing I saw is that Todd McFarlane. My favorite Spider-Man artist uh, get, is now in the Guinness World Book of Records. Oh, shit. Holds the record for the longest-running creator-owned superhero comic book series for Spawn. That's now at, like, 301 wow. issues. So uh, good for McFarland continues to uh, to just push push boundaries or like he's not giving up on spawn. No, like his spawn it's just is coming out thing. whether you want it to or not. Hey, <laughs> he's like, this is my spawn. I can put it out. He's still yeah. working on the movie. I mean, that's. It's that thing about being creator owned. It's just like he doesn't have to give a shit. Like he owns the company That's that the puts out thing. the book. Yep, yeah. yep. yep. <laughs> I love his little drawing videos. Um, and Nerds. Th- yeah, he's a he's dude. McFarlane and Bellotti got to meet McFarlane. Yeah. I want to hear what they had to say. He probably jizzed in his pants. Oh like, my god, he he loves the whole time. It's a good thing he wears all black. <laughs> That's a good point. A few, uh, uh, a few he years ago, a lot. A few years ago, I actually got to interview uh, McFarlane about like uh, Image Comics oh, and really? his his toy lines and stuff. Oh, what's he like? Uh, he loves to just talk about baseball. That yeah, he's got all he he owns all oh, the well, balls and that. stuff. Yeah, like it was ah, it was Imran, you loser. Damn it, <laughs> sports. God damn it, Todd, I used to love you. I'm burning all being of like, hey man, like you know. Yeah, you know, what what is what is your favorite thing you ever got to do with the the McFarlane toy line? Oh, I was really glad we got to pick up a lot of those baseball uh, players. It's like that is a surprising answer. He's like a baseball nerd. Yeah, I know that about and it's, him. It's ultimately like he he know he's a business savvy man. Yeah. So like picking up things like Walking Dead and whatnot. He was like, I mean, yes, Image Comics already owns the comic rights, but picking up the TV rights means I'm gonna sell this shit like hotcakes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Be smart. He's, He's a jock and nerd. He totally yeah. is jock and nerd. Jock and nerd. In the best way. Way to time that. Who did, who did that? Was that, uh, that was Anthony. Anthony? That was Anthony. Da- Anthony I don't, I don't know what sh- that was. Anthony's the Yo, human. Damn near, damn near 300 episodes. Anthony knows your soundboard like. <laughs> He is going to press the button. Not only, yeah, I know, I know it. I know he when can, he's going to press the button. And he can do it, and he's the human soundboard. You should do some beatboxing, Anthony. One of these days, we're going to have a beatbox intro by Anthony. Don't you tell me what to do, Imran. I don't think you know what a beatbox, beatbox is. Beatbox, damn it, uh, <laughs> Anthony. Give me a. Here's the rug down. He is the rug down. How good is that? It's so good. It's like Rug Boy was here. Oh wait, he is here. And Hi. how's it going? Listener, you get involved in the conversation. Follow us on the social medias. We're on the Instagram, the Twitter, and we have a Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's free. It's free. It's closed. It's exclusive. Closed a lot of exclusive. A lot of good you have conversation. To questions to be in it now, you man. You do have to yeah. answer some questions because I left Facebook for five months. And suddenly, <laughs> you guys are We're grilling closing you. out the group, putting <laughs> no. in questions you have to <laughs> answer. So I got to answer your grilling. Getting me. shit sent to you oh. by fucking gaming chair companies. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you guys sold out, all man. All this shit happens when hey. you do a podcast. And I got to tell you, all right, you guys might not want to hear this, and I might not get, you know, invited back after saying yes. it. I'm really fucking proud of you. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, not really shit. that big of a deal. It's not. It's the little bit. Look, just answer the questions. It is a big deal. Join the Facebook group. You're going to meet all our awesome listeners. As long as you answer the fucking questions. Yeah, make sure yeah. we don't. We get, look, I can tell when you are coming from another country also, and trying to just sell podcast promotion. An acceptable answer to any question yes. is Delhauer said fuck you. Delhauer said fuck off. Because that proves you listen to the show. Oh, I like that. Yes, yes. You can answer. I can put that in. Put that in there. If any of the answers are Delhauer says fuck off, you're instantly in because you heard this. Uh, the only other thing in the news, fellas, for this one is uh, a topic that kind of ties into our review. And it's the fact that Martin Scorsese in an empire he hates Marvel. He apparently hates Marvel movies. And the internet uh, is, is there's a riot because of some comments he made in an Esquire magazine. What did he say? Here's his exact words. He said, talking about trying to watch Marvel movies. He said, I tried, you know, uh, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Oh, shit. Now, uh, while I think it's a little dismissive, I don't entirely agree with him. Maybe he's a little bitter. I do also see where he's coming from, but he's not seen these movies, so this is uh, just his, his awareness. He's 100% seen You think he's, he's watched them? Because you, you don't have that opinion without having seen the movies. That's a good point. Uh, what, Anthony, let's start with you. What do you think? I mean, uh, I, see, I see his point for sure. Because, yeah. you know, these movies are made on a schedule. They're really. The, the dates are announced before they even have directors and writers. Right. So it is a product. It is like a thing that they have to constantly churn out, and they're fitting it within you know this universe. So there is that. There is also the fact that you know by the end of Endgame, I was like emotionally a wreck. Yeah. And I don't usually ride a, a ride and go by the end of it go start like feeling like all these rush of emotions. Other than why the fuck did I do that? So whatever the story they've told along. The cinematic universe for me has worked, so it. I would say I would agree that it, it is, in his sense of like 
creating a movie like for the art of making a movie and making your own thing and not having ideas you know shoved down your throat of how this is supposed to go i agree with that but i would also say that the way marvel's told a story the emotion is through the long form storytelling rather than just One, if you look yeah. at the individual chapters yeah. of the movies uh, rugs is it possible to do both that you can make a piece of art that's also a ride and and commercial i think marvel's done it the best that it could be done when you te- i mean look marvel movies are a product all right and they've made tons of compromises to get that product out to the mass market to please all of the demographics they can possibly please oh. and <laughs> And um, well, they're working on it, right? I know. Got, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm being, I'm agreeing. They, they yeah. try to please everybody. Yeah, yeah they're so yeah. they're they're in it to they're they're not in it to uh, go after an artistic vision. You know, damn whatever the consequences are. They're just like, no, we're gonna try and balance this kind of hard thing to balance. So they they've done this thing, and Scorsese even says he's like with great actors doing the best that they can yeah, yeah. to do this, but. When you're, when you're, uh, it might be come off as snobby, but I think the thing is that the, the thing that he said was that it's not cinema. He's wrong about that. All right. Cause it is, it is cinema. Technically, like it's plays cinema. In the theater yeah. is cinema. Right. Um, what maybe he was trying to say, wrong or wording. maybe his, maybe his intent was to say, it's not like the kind of art that he prefers to watch. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, I, I don't agree with that. I like watching Marvel movies. I do like it, but I understand that. They are heavily compromised movies, and uh, a lot. I mean, even within the it, its own existence of being a comic book movie based on comic book source material, it compromises all the time. It does things, uh, you know, on, on schedule yep, yep. that has to be done by a thing and has to link with another thing. So it's tied down to all this stuff. And so, even though there are directors that have like a unique vision, they're not like starkly different they're 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 degrees different they're not like okay um where you have like a, a completely auteur director and like a, a complete point of view that's different than what disney wants true uh so they've limited the characters they what they can do how they can act all that stuff but they make good movies so scorsese just probably is just not really cool with the whole corporate um kind of filmmaking I, he probably doesn't like the fact that uh that's changed it used to be a lot more conceptual like now everything's a, a sequel or a reboot or a, a franchise and it, it, it's it's thought of about business first mass market first and not really thinking about art and like yeah and i'm just gonna basically uh, i'm gonna pivot to music um there's bands like you know, like Justin Bieber, or if you want to call it a band, or whatever that is, completely fabricated, right? right? They take a guy, he's good looking, he has, he can sing, kinda, and then they pair him with a with a guy who sings the thing, and then and then it's a product. They know they can get this audience. They have this audience they're nailing for. They have the the guy who writes the music for like every other hit song, yep, right? Yep, hit song, yep. and yep. it's Boy engineered. Bands. Okay, yeah. Now, what if a guy who's just playing guitar in his garage somewhere? plays at a bar, gets discovered, and he's writing music just for himself, basically. Yeah. Um, that's pure artistic expression. Right. So there is, like, there's two completely different realms of how things are created, and even though that they're being absorbed on the same kind of platform, they're completely different, and to some person who doesn't know the difference, they're gonna be like, well, music is music, what's the fucking difference? Yeah. But there is a huge difference, especially if you're an artist or you make art or you write or whatever, uh, 
if it comes from you and it's personal or you have a story to tell and you have or you create something and you want to have the integrity of that thing, um, I think all those things are in the conversation. I uh, so, I like James Gunn's comment uh, to the uh, Scorsese's comment. James Gunn said, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. Delhauer, uh, is it hypocritical of him? Because he kind of does. He does the same movie with gangsters over and over. He's got kind of a shared gangster universe, Scorsese does. Anyone, if if anybody had come to me and said, "Hey, did you hear that uh, Martin Scorsese doesn't like comic books?" It's book not films, surprising. Yeah. My response would be, "Yeah, no fucking no shit. shit." Yes, and the reason is because he was a director that came around in the seventies, around the same time as Spielberg, uh, and a lot of there's Coppola, several of them yeah, who are all yeah. like these. Yeah, Coppola, uh, Brian De Palma, yeah. all these these are tour directors who came around in this aspect of. We don't want to work in a studio setting. We want to make art our way for us and for the people who are going to like what we make. And that was a huge thing that pushed through the 80s into the 90s. And by the time we got into the 2000s and we got into things like the Marvel movies, it kind of reverted back. Yeah. Marvel is built as being studio films yep. in the same way as the things that like Howard Hawks was making back in the forties and the fifties. It's, you know, there was a time where you didn't go to see a Howard Hawks movie. You went to see an MGM movie, right? Kind of a thing. So the problem is, is that it's, it's a, a model that is built on something that he actively worked against when he got famous. So to see it come back around, I'm in no way surprised that he's not okay with it. It's interesting how it's cyclical and it may continue to, 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 to turn, where these auteur directors do come back in fashion. Right now, I think where that stuff is going to be huge is on streaming services. Uh, Absolutely. For example, The Irishman, three hours. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right oh, now. Oh, shit. It comes out in the theater November 1st, and it will be on Netflix November 27th. Really uh, interested. I'm excited to watch this. The de-aging looks amazing. Absolutely. I'm excited to see it. I love Scorsese. I love his films. Um, I think he does have a point in his career where it, feel, it feels like, you know, he has phases. Yeah. There was the, the late 70s and the early 80s where he had the the gritty New York movie where it was like, oh, you know, Robert De Niro stars as insert main character here who's kind of a morally bankrupt person who lives on the streets of New York because New York is a morally bankrupt city. We get down into the late 80s into the 90s, and that's when he starts doing, you know, Goodfellas and Casino, and he's doing this whole major, you know, uh, organized crime drama sort of a thing. And it's while he has these phases where they are very similar to each other. They are all very much him. It's all about corrupt people. Exactly. And that's, that's us. And, and that's the truth about us for him. Unfortunately. For him, yeah. And for him to, to decide to turn his nose up towards Marvel and the Marvel studio formula and the way that they go about making their movies, it's understandable because it's selling a product rather than it is telling a story. At times, it's a different kind of art. It's a different form of art. It's still- it's really what it is. Is I think his problem is it's business above art. Business first, whereas yeah, he's art yeah, above business. Yeah, yeah, and it's this this concept 
that he already raged against once before. He's doing so again, but at this point, it is so in vogue. It's not on its way out just yet. And the problem is, is that to to be an Artur filmmaker who is in your 60s or your 70s or your 80s, turning around and saying like, well, back in my day, we made art for art's sake. It's like, okay, <laughs> Grandpa, whatever. <laughs> and I mean, the, um, the Irishman is about Jimmy Hoffa, so he's back doing... His his one of his favorite topics, and and he's dipping right back into his his favorite group of actors. Yeah, you know he literally got Joe Pesci to come out of fucking retirement. Al to do Pacino, this. Joe right. Pesci, Robert De Niro. Yeah, uh, so that's it's, wild. It's, what it is is that you know I'm not surprised by it. I'm also not upset at it. You know, it's <laughs> everybody's allowed to rant at yeah, whatever. We were it, talking before the show about all the shit that people get mad about on the internet. Yeah. I'm not surprised or honestly upset at Martin Scorsese for saying he doesn't like Marvel movies. It's his opinion. You know? I just Whatever. think that when you speak to anyone now, yeah. you have to be real fucking careful that whatever you say can't be pulled as a clip, as like a little bit. It's all that, about the that, pull quote. Yeah, the pull quote yeah. like is that's not cinema. No. Like that that yeah. wording right there that, is that like everyone could have been like, yeah. you know, if he would have said those movies are corporate movies. Yeah. Like, no one could touch him. It's corporate filmmaking. That's well, all I have I would, to say. I would interject and say I, I remember watching Howard Stern on Howard Stern with Robert Downey Jr. And the paraphrasing, but the first thing he basically asked him is, what do you think about Martin Scorsese saying uh, Marvel films aren't cinema? Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. is immediately like, you know, he was very... He's like, trying to he dodge played it. it. right down yeah. the middle. But he was like, yeah, I mean, of course it's cinema. I mean, these are movies, right? This is cinema. The, you know, but th- that was the that was the question that was being directed at. Oh, yeah. other so basically, the argument was: isn't he a snob for saying the word cinema like it means something? Uh, like so, like all of the like nobody actually like read between the lines and actually s- tried to look at what he was saying. Because if you do look at it, you kind of like okay, I get what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no, there's not really anything to be like upset that a fucking seventy five year old dude or whatever doesn't like Marvel movies, like. You know, like, I don't know that many that do. It's in the same fact as um, last week or two weeks ago, like, Rugboy and I had a conversation over Twitter yeah. that we'll, we'll probably wind up talking about later on again. It was that was about thread. Todd Phillips. Yep. And about his comment about, you know, you can't be funny in this this woke generation or whatever. And I'll admit, I kind of, you know, I allowed myself to get angry and I put my foot in my mouth by basically saying he's not a comedy writer. But what it boiled down to was I allowed the quote from him to be how I shaped my response Uh, rather than the full aspect of what it was that was being said. Yeah. And I even said later on, if, if Todd Phillips is a person who thinks that his brand of comedy no longer can exist in the world that we live in and his response is, well, then I'm not going to bother trying to do comedy. Yeah. Then I get it. And I fully support that. If you don't think that the audience you want is the audience you're going to get, I fully understand the idea of saying, Never mind. Well, yeah, that's like I think about that all the time because, like, you know, as this personality on this show, I make dick jokes and <laughs> I do this and then I do that. Now, if I kid no longer, they say, listen, Imran comes in and says, rug boy, you can't do any dick jokes anymore. You can't do anything. Uh, so I, I would find it very hard to be funny because that's all I got. <laughs> you got I mean, I'll be honest. True. That's all I got. <laughs> and I'm not good enough to be a, a real Damn. comic. Uh, all right not so funny now, like i feel like okay those things were great and everybody f- laughed at them for the longest time and now i can't do it and even though people want to hear me do it i can't do it 
Well, and so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's in the same vein as how what we've recognized, and when we were talking about things like you know cancel culture or whatever, ninety nine percent of the time it's not about who's saying what on Twitter. People say shit on Twitter all the goddamn time. It's when you have someone like Marvel or Disney decide they're going to fire James Gunn yeah. because people are demanding that it happens. Yeah. It's when you suddenly have this outside source that says, if you don't do this, someone who, who has power over what's going on says, if you don't do this, then you lose what you already have or something like that. Like if Imran came on and said, hey, rug boy, you know, we got this company that's starting to sponsor the show and they said, we don't want to have rug boy saying dick jokes anymore. Like that's that's where it suddenly becomes we like would a kick under the curb. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that would be that's where suddenly hashtag cancel would be rug boy even came more from. homeless than I already. Oh, no. <laughs> I told that company to fuck off. It's Shut up, dick Aaron. jokes or nothing. No, you, what do you you have no fucking guts whatsoever? How you would much, not tell anyone to fuck how off. How much are you gonna pay us for <laughs> no oh my God, stuff? Imran, you would play it up. Imran, yeah, I love true. you to death. You would roll over in a heart. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. Listen, my day is coming. One day I'm not gonna be here. Dick jokes will be outlawed very soon. But yeah, Jeez. so it's 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 this idea of, you know, like Rugboy said, the the problem you have when it comes to any sort of news on the internet is it's not about the story. It's about the headline. Yeah. Right. yeah. Cuz you know people of, yeah. are not going to read the article anymore. Shit. Yeah. They're going to read the headline, they're going to make their own story in their head. Yeah, th- this is this is a what 128 character character culture now, whatever the hell Twitter's yeah. limit is. 220. 220. I think the I think one of the things is, is that you have to just as a general thing is I try to do this and like, I don't always do it. I'm not a perfect person. I fuck up all the time. I say, I say this on the show all the time, but, um, I try to at least go, okay, what the fuck was they, are they trying to say? How many ways can I look at this before I fucking start getting pissed off? Like, I like Marvel movies. I should be offended that, like, that Scorsese said that, right? I like Marvel movies for the most part, right? Um, but I was like instantly like, no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. No, I get it. But like, I'm I'm not mad. I'm like, he probably said the said it the wrong way. But I could I'm smart enough to understand what he really meant. <clears throat> so um, I think that if people did that, it, there would be less rage. Like, I also rage. think he's at an age where he really doesn't give a fuck. No, like, he doesn't care about yeah. the wording he's of it. Like, he's going to say it the way he yeah. wants to say it, and, and and it's up to us to decipher what we he think was trying that means. to be incendiary. Yeah, you think he was I, on purpose? Yeah. I feel like, uh, if anything, I wouldn't be surprised at that either, because he's also at an age where, like, he would be a person to be like, oh, yeah, if I say this, the Internet's going to fucking lose their mind. I mean, Watch this. I think also it's co- the coincidence that this Joker movie that he was rumored to be producing at one point is coming out and the Irishman is coming out. Maybe he needs a little bit of let's get some viral bump going. So people and, and you know, here, Irishman coming out uh, Maybe. November. Maybe. Uh, 100%. Ultimately, Jennifer Aniston also yes, uh, went yes. at the Marvel movies. I was going to bring and that then up. She's getting guff too. So, well, it's also the same way as when you had fucking James Cameron talking yep, shit about Wonder yep, Woman. Yep, yep, yep. He uh, he went through that too. Jennifer Aniston saying that there's no good any there are no more good roles. What do you Marvel say about Wonder Woman? Are diminishing. Oh, he said that he had he, he had put Linda Car uh, Linda whatever her name. Linda Hamilton. He was yeah. he was saying because when when it was going you know doing very well. They were saying like, oh, it's it's the first like major movie to have like a strong female lead that right. we can all get behind. And he's like, I was doing that shit in the 80s. Yeah. What the fuck are you but talking Sarah about? Connor. Well, he was right. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did have Ripley. He did have, you know, Sarah Connor. But the problem is that he also fell victim to the headline. What it ultimately was, was this is the first time that we had a movie 
that was helmed by a woman with a strong woman who was getting this kind of, you know, money yeah. in the box office. Yeah. yeah. Whereas he just saw it as it's the first strong female lead, that, and yeah. he lost his shit. That's a good point. The point, the fact that she was getting paid like everyone's uh, so quick to get angry. I know we're an outrage culture. <laughs> but that's the thing. It, it, it's one of those things that people don't think. What happens? This is what it is. I, I know that we're going we're going on a huge tangent, so deep. But balls it, deep. It, now I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Balls <laughs> that's what you were going to say. That's what happens. Outrage culture, right, uh, Red let's, Boy. Let's stop. Um, <laughs> well, look, Anthony, let me ask you this. Jennifer Aniston recently said Marvel is diminishing the movie industry, blames them for a lack of good roles. Do you think, I feel like as time goes on, more and more actors and industry people are going to come out, take shots at Marvel as Marvel continues course, to be. Of course, of course. Nothing lasts forever. No one stays on top forever. And it's even like that Dark Knight quote. You, like, yep, you die. Yep. Whatever the fuck it is, you die and you become a hero. You live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Like, yeah, no one likes to see the king on top. N- nothing lasts forever. No, and that, yeah. no, you know that's why. I mean, a lot of it's politics, but you know, there, I think there's an underlying factor in the fact that as president, we we limit you to two terms. Like, no one wants to see the same guy in office. No one wants to see the same asshole on top. It's yep. it's, it's inevitable, with, especially after the culmination of end with Endgame, yeah. the much yep. the, all the, the pub they got. That they're they're, they're going to start taking a lot of arrows. Well, there's no nuance anymore. Like that, that's what I was going to say. There's no nuance. Like you, it's so polarized. It's so like black and white. There's like no room for nuance. There's no room for like complex ideas to be explored. People just automatically throw you into one or the it's other. This or this. That's and it. There are there's so many gray areas to to explore in a lot of things. It's hard to to kind of default that way. Yeah. But I think we should do it as much as we can because it, I don't know. I just feel like, like if a guy who's made hit movies that, uh, changed like the way filmmaking is done yeah. and like pushed the genre and pushed like what an R rating could be and what could you do with it. And, uh, he says, okay, well, these movies aren't doing that. In fact, they get a PG-13 rating, yep. and they're barely even scratching what a PG-13 can do. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, why don't we see that as, like, okay, he's got a point? He does, so though. Yeah. And- well, and it's it's he absolutely does. Yeah. The problem is, is that <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get so deeply sociopolitical oh, on this damn. shit. Um, I'll try and be quick. Ultimately, the few points I want to hit is, number one, I personally have felt myself having the Marvel bubble burst ever since, like, 2017. Ah. Hmm. Like once we hit Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. every Marvel movie that I've seen, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I like it. It it doesn't upset me. I'm not angry that I saw it, but I, I also realize most that. of them. Yeah. yeah, I'm not also gonna like remember much of these. I mean, like it yeah. took me four viewings of Thor uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. before I was like, actually, you know what? Taika Waititi is a really good visual director, but I'm so used to heavy visual style in these movies. Yeah that I didn't notice it at first because it just felt like, you know, this shit comes out every six months. I think it's also the, that time when Homecoming came out is when we really started to see Disney take over Marvel uh, proper once they, you know, bought them and start to see the Disney influence in yeah, the Marvel I would, movies. I would disagree but, with that, but okay. Well, okay, Even, Anthony? Well, if you look, just look at... No, look there's at no Favreau's. counterpoint. It's just, <laughs> just look at Disney's, One sec, oh. just Disney's had Marvel for a while. I mean, yeah. I mean, they bought them in 2014, and then uh, I just, I, I, you start to see the influence. You loved Homecoming. Shut up. But just Go look ahead, at the, look at the look at the pre <laughs> Disney Marvel Spider-Man. movies and yeah. how they're different. Yeah, 
Iron Man had like a stripper sure. pole in his mm-hmm. fucking jet, and uh, and yeah. there was all kinds of more uh, references that Marvel wouldn't even touch now, and uh, all so like and Ang Lee made a fucking crazy fucking existential movie about the Hulk that nobody liked. Yeah. Uh, like you know what I mean? I did like, not like that movie. They weren't they they weren't trying to like they weren't like going demographics wise and going we need to pull all these little kids into this movie. Like Ang Lee was like I want to make this movie because I'm Ang Lee, and yeah. um, I respect that. I don't know. I respect it's, that. My feeling is is that shot. Mar- or Disney's Disney's control over it definitely was way before Homecoming. Yeah. Um. the The success of Guardians of the Galaxy, as much as I love that movie itself was a major albatross on the neck of Marvel movies. Mm. Because after Guardians of the Galaxy, it was when you saw them start to really use humor as a crutch. I see. You never got another Winter Soldier. No. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, The Endgame and Infinity War were the closest to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it it, like Civil War uh, was was closer than anything else. Like the Russo brothers tried to keep it on track. Right. But everybody else was basically told, be James Gunn or don't be here. Hmm. <laughs> I can see that. That's a good point. Uh, completely changing the subject before we take a quick break. Dalhauer, how many hours a week uh, do you spend playing video games on average? What would you say? Uh, not a lot now, actually. I would say mm, five a week, if anything. Okay. Now, I'm going to follow up with a very Larry King question. Uh, when playing video games, how important is the chair? It depends. You have back problems? Don't you fucking use me as your selling point, you piece <laughs> how, of shit. How comfy is your chair out there? Do you need, don't you want a comfy chair to sit in? You know what, games? Imran? I would love a comfy chair to sit in. Let me tell you, the fine folks Where can I get a comfy chair, Imran? E-win Sell one to me. Racing. Said us uh, an awesome gaming chair that I'm sitting Say that on. again. He was screaming. Yeah, I was screaming over you. Ewinracing.com. They sent us a really cool chair. They sent you a chair. They sent me a chair. Anthony, you can come over and use it, too. You can sit on my lap. We can both be on the chair. I am the chair. chair. Uh, I am the chair. chair. Uh, but it's, it's very comfy, and it makes a great office chair, great gaming chair. It comes with two little pillows, which I've not seen in a lot of chairs. One, great, great fucking chair. Yeah, too. it's a great fucking chair. One pillow is for the head, and then it comes with like a lower lumbar back pillow. That's kind of unique. It. I was gonna say one pillow's for the head, the other pillow's for getting head. For getting head, you put that drop the ass. This on is there. exactly what Ewin Racing was envisioning. They, they were talking about there. I was. So- hey, they they decided to sponsor this goddamn show. They I was using I was using the f word as an adjective, not a verb. I don't know what you guys where you guys were going with that. I, it's a good chair to have sex in, probably. Oh, wow. So you just went there? No, oh, did I? Anyways, use code JOCKNERD at ewinracing.com. JOCKNERD. All, okay. no and. JOCKNERD. Yeah, get yourself this. Fuck the and. Yeah, fuck the You're and. both. And get, uh, uh, you get 25% off when you use this code. That's a hell of a discount. It's a, it's a, that's a lot discount. Because it's an expensive chair. It's, these are high-end chairs, well-built, super comfy, super quiet, makes a great holiday gift. There will be a full review soon. Okay, enough of the shilling. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the review of The Joker right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones comedy podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um, and what we do here on our show is it's look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. 
What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking and trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with, uh, <laughs> with something brand, brand new, new, but, um. Yeah. You never heard anything like this. We talk about Star Wars. <laughs> talk about, we talk about superheroes. Talk about Marvel movies, man. <laughs> Look, we are, we're cutting some damn, we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. We are breaking new ground. Yeah. But for real, what we do is we play invented games. Yeah, and we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up. Um, we filter it all through that sensibility. and We're both improvisers, so a lot of what we talk about ends up in, in, in sort of a scene that we have a lot of fun with. Uh, we talk about our lives, pop culture and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look like Vikings. Listener, if you enjoy the show, thanks for listening. You want more show, join our fan club, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Everyone there gets access to bonus content and exclusive RSS feed with uh, instant reactions to movies like you would have heard our instant reaction to Joker this week, except for Rug Boy, because he always forgets to send them in. Rugs. Oh, yeah. Fuck and that except show. for me, because I don't, I'm not, I'm not a part of the show. Fuck that show. Uh, but you get, if you sign up for $10 a month or more, you get to force any movie for us to watch and review. You get to pick a movie. We've been doing a lot of these. It's been a lot of fun. You get to pick a movie. You get to Everybody pick a movie. gets to pick a movie. It's like a lot of people have been up into $10 recently. Yes, they have. Because they're fun. They are a lot of fun to do. They like making us watch movies that I don't want to watch. Yeah, that's also fun. It's fun watching again, random movies. Every guys, week. You guys don't invite me along for this shit. Well, like this is this was the reason I came on the show to begin with. All right, well, look, we might need your help with these uh, some of these new picks. Uh, I'll be happy to sit one out. Okay, or <laughs> or if someone sends us a what the fuck. We done. We've done. That's also true. Know, we've, we've done, done that. Patreon. We have what done the fuck. that. Yes. Yeah. We so did what, are you, two, what are you talking about? We Del did Howard? two Del Howard. We did Howard the Duck. S- and stop Ghost crying. Ray. No, I won't stop crying. Okay, <laughs> I miss you guys. Oh, we miss you too. Uh, this week, I gotta say super thanks to Daryl K, who goes by at Verum Libertas on Twitter. Listener, Patreon supporter, he increased to the $10 a month tier. Nerd. He gets to pick a movie. He has picked Brightburn, the oh. movie. Oh, that, no. uh, but what if Superman was a shitty little kid and not a good person? Oh. Um, so a movie, a-, a movie about a comic book type person yes. that does horrible things yes oh, oh here's yeah here's a funny thing i saw a video on youtube recently yeah. that was uh like the ways that you can tell from a trailer that a movie is <laughs> going to be shitty okay two of the things that they brought up they specifically brought up because of bright oh jeez. one of them was if the movie ever states that it's from the producers of yes another oh, yeah. movie another yeah, movie. Yeah. those are always bad because yeah. the producers don't do shit and they're just using the name it said, number two, any movie whose title is a bold red font. Really? And it said, I like, I don't know really what the, the reasoning they were saying was, but they said this was ultimately like they figured they needed a more eye-catching font because the movie, the movie itself sucks. won't catch your attention. That is interesting. I would study bright, bold movie fonts and see if that holds true, if that's the case. Well, you like everything, though. I don't know. I haven't seen Brightburn. I may not like it. I did like the trailer, so th- that'll be interesting to watch. Apparently, it's not very good. But yeah, the, the fact that Brightburn all over the place was like, 
from J- or from James Gunn. Right. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, not really. At it's all. Nothing to do with him. Why do you think this dude wants to watch? Right, want us to watch right word drunk. I can't say the right words. I don't want to watch the right words. Why do you think this guy wants us to watch do the right thing? Well, we get to watch do the right thing. That's a great movie. (laughs) Why are we watching Brighton Beach Memoirs? Yeah, that's I love that. That is a great uh, Christopher Walken's in it. Ferris Bueller's in it. I actually really want the four of us to watch do the right thing. Do the movie. I will fucking watch that tomorrow. Mookie, I'm taking that pizza. I love do the right thing. They're okay. I don't know. Answer that question. But there's another one. Another huge thanks to our buddy David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape. He increased to the $10 a month tier. He gets to pick a movie. Anthony, you are going to hate this pick. This is amazing. He has picked the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Have, Why? Have you? I Because, I, I don't know, Halloween is coming. And also, it ties in to their uh, yearly musical at uh, Podcapers, their podcast, uh, where it's called the Scotty Horror Picture Show, where we have a few lines in this. So when that comes Which, out, by the way, go to the one in the city, Imran. Yes. This is the th- yes. this is the third year in a row. Yes, he has not come to me. Oh, there do you he, well, No, no, I'll, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> like two, maybe a year, two years ago, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, he came to me and he said, can you do a Stan Lee impression? Oh. And I said, no, I can't. Yeah, Ruggs did that. And then he never talked to me again. <laughs> and I did it. Oh, shit. That's hilarious. That's uh, awesome. You're done. Can't do Stan Lee. Get out of here. Get you the fuck do- out of here. Listen, there, <laughs> that's the criterion. I just do my voice. Just, yeah, you just talk Jesus normal. Christ, the Rocky Horror. Oh, my God. I, dude, there's a whole, like, it's a movie, but it's also an event. It's kind of it became like a cult thing where there's a show at the theater. We'll get into it. Has anybody picked The Room yet? Oh, Tommy. I've already seen Tommy it Wiseau. countless times. Mm, yeah. Don't give him any ideas. Don't, don't, don't give these fuck, people Pick ideas. some good movies. Too late, man. It's out there. So, it's in the ether. <laughs> get ready for those Patreon. Imran, edit that out. Reviews. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, Imran, edit it here. And put it back in. And what <laughs> and movie? And begin. Okay, let's get to the movie we're all here to discuss. Todd Phillips, Joker from DC Warner Brothers. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This, I was expecting Anthony to do it. Well, Anthony could do that. He could easily he could. do it. Give me, a, give me one of these. Spoiler alert. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Russ. That's Russ. I'm hitting the mic. What is going Jesus on? Christ. I'm sorry. Are we underwater? (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I'm adjusting the microphone. The drunk boy is so just off the rails. Look. My one eye is still open. Joker. (laughs) That's good. You're going to need it. Uh, Joker is at 68% on the tomato meter. 7.3 out of 10 average rating. This movie budgeted for, it says 55 million. I read somewhere else, 70 million. Not a lot. So modest, 55 to 70 million. Opening weekend, it makes $96 million shit. domestic uh, and worldwide right now. It is sitting at $281 million on that $55 million budget. Here's all the records it broke. Biggest October domestic opening of all time. Fuck you, Venom. Eating Venom. Biggest October international opening of all time. Fuck you, Venom. Beating Venom again. Joker does not have a release date in China yet. That's interesting. I don't even know. Fuck you, China. I don't know if they're going to let it play in China. Biggest worldwide launch of all time, $248 million. Career best start for Todd Phillips. Career best start for Joaquin Phoenix. Career best start for Robert De Niro. Oh, that that one blows my mind. Right? Yeah. Uh, the, here, I'll tell you the De Niro stat is in here. 
I think it was uh, Meet the Fockers. De Niro's that was previous biggest live action debut was Meet the Fockers, 2004. Oh, yeah, well, no. De Niro's heyday was 70s, 80s. I mean, it, it's inflation. And movies That's didn't. True. Yeah, and they were already movies. I will movies. say, I agree with you that I don't think this movie will probably open in China. Yeah. Seeing as how we're already seeing massive, like, Shutdown of American and culture yeah. in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. shit! That's and this also, entire movie yeah. builds to a major riot yep. in a major city. Yeah, that is a good fuck. Also, point. if you've been following sports, uh, the NBA is in a lot of trouble. Over oh there. really? Yeah. So, so is South Park. Surprise! So is South, South Park. Park is they, well. they had an episode called "Banned in China," and it is banned in China. Did you guys wow. have you guys heard the the whole Blizzard news that's going on recently? Oh, I no, I, I've been meaning to check it out, but so I haven't gotten uh, a apparently a major Hearthstone player who is a Chinese American uh-huh. won a tournament recently during an interview with uh, a couple of shoutcasters for that tournament. Uh, when it ended, he commented, uh, "You know, free Hong Kong." And Blizzard responded by rescinding his prize money. Oh, shit. And banning him from all future Hearthstone competitions. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Just so to add context, um, the sports thing is basically the general manager of the Houston... The, the, so the NBA's second biggest market is China. NBA is huge in China due to Yao Ming. And uh, the Rockets are ex- very, very popular in China. The general the manager of the Rockets tweeted out uh, basically something along the lines of, I stand with Hong Kong. Oh, shit. And uh, China was not happy, and they've basically cut down like all their sponsorship of the NBA. Um, all the NBA broadcasts over there are being cut. Like literally, all the money is going away. Man, wow. there's some yeah. crazy. So we're starting to see a lot of major corporations standing with the Chinese government instead of instead with of you know people. People. Well, I see you've seen that, but I've also seen so Adam Silver of the NBA. I don't mean to make this too political. Mm. Um, basically said, I'm sorry for what. The reaction was to that, but I stand by Daryl Morey's right to freedom of speech. Sure. So yeah, NBA or China's not happy with that either, and uh, like a lot of stuff's coming out with like um, Trump and the president being like, "This is your chance, the NBA, to kind of like put put uh, put human rights above of business." So we'll see what happens. There was an app uh, that the protesters are using to track uh, Hong Kong police and. From pressure from China, Apple pulled the fucking app, uh, you know, putting them in more danger or whatever. Yes. It's, it's, they, it's a chicken type have been rope. Facing dude, crazy type shit. Because yeah. Hong Kong is a very Western, yep, yep. popular place. Yep. And, and that's, that's but part China is where all the money's at. It's, it's you know, in the same way that we've we've talked for, for a couple of years now about, you know, like the, the Transformers movies or even the Marvel movies yep, and yep, stuff like that. Yep. Like, it's a huge market for a lot of things coming out of America. It's the second biggest yep. theater uh, market right now. And clearly they love escapist movies. They're probably not going to respond to this fucking gritty, realistic, well, of course, depressing Of course they love escapist movies. They They've it. decided to revolt <laughs> yes. against their government. We need to think about something else. Back to Joker, directed by Todd Phillips. Best known for doing his best Martin Scorsese. Doing his be- a little bit, a little bit. Yo, don't give away my shit. Uh, hey, yeah, best known for, of course, Hangover. My show, goddamn. Old school, <laughs> due dates, uh, and such. Also written by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, starring Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck, Robert De Niro as game show host Murray Franklin, Zazie Beetz, Sophie Drummond. Talk show host. Talk sh- oh, sorry, talk show host. He's, I, I want him to be a game show host. That was just something I dreamed of. This is not. <laughs> uh, 
trivia geeks. <laughs> not right? trivia geeks. Calm down. Francis Conroy as Arthur's mom, Penny Fleck. Brett Cullen playing Thomas Wayne. Bill Camp and Shea Wiggum playing two Gotham City. Right, who is the best boy in PD? Ron? The grip. Uh, <laughs> Joseph uh, uh, Henry. No, I don't know. That's the best grip work well, with also cameos by Mark Maron and uh, Brian Callen. By the way, did any of you see the uh, the producer name that surprised the hell out of me? No, it's not Martin. Can you stop asking goddamn questions, Matt Dahar, so we can I, get to the review? No, I it's can't. It's not Martin uh, Scorsese. No, produced by both uh, Todd Phillips and Bradley Cooper. Oh, I, oh didn't I they uh, produce that. the Stars Born too? Did they work on that together? I feel like I believe they, so, yeah. they have a thing. Wow. All right, let's talk about the movie. Shut up, Imran. Uh, Anthony, You're ruining the show. Anthony, we're going to start with you. First question, was there police present? And was. what'd you think of the movie when when you left? There, there was an officer at my theater. Interesting. Um, there was a cop car outside. There was an officer outside the theater when we left. There were signs all over the theater. Joker is not your typical comic book film. There is violence and blood and whatever, all that stuff. So yeah, that was interesting to see. Um, what did I think of the movie? I think, I first off, I enjoyed the movies. Um, I think it's one of those movies that... Um, it's beautifully shot. Um, Todd Phillips does a great job in terms of like constructing a film and, and paying an homage to what Martin Scorsese has done in his past. Um, Joaquin Phoenix for me is amazing in this film. It's a hell of an acting job. I got lost in watching his mm-hmm. character without getting into too much detail yet. Um, the movie being called Joker is a blessing and a curse. Yeah, It's a blessing because no one's going in and really watching this movie unless it's called Joker and seeing this amazing performance. But it's also a curse because there's some things in there that I feel are kind of shoehorned in. And it also is, if this is the Joker that becomes the Joker that we're all supposed to know and love, um, it's kind of tough to put the dots together. Like this mentally ill figure becomes the master crime lord of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. see that ever happening. Mm-hmm. But the, the also a blessing of Joker is that Joker's origin can be so uh, like um, scattered and like can be made up at any time. It's that multiple this, choice. Right, right, right. Unreliable. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this is a feasible origin for the Joker. One of the feasible. One of the feasible Joker origins. So I'll add more after you guys talk. Uh, Delhauer, uh, were, was there any weird police presence at your screening? And what did you think of the movie? Uh, no weird police presence. Yeah. Um, we actually tend to have... The, the Clifton cops just kind of hang out around the theater always normally. Yeah. So it wasn't anything excessive. Um, the thing that I, I, I actually experienced, though, and I wanted to ask you guys, was I think this might have just been a um, uh, because of the fact that I wound up seeing this on a night where they were doing a quote unquote like autism friendly screening. Uh-huh. Uh, when they started after doing all of the, t- the normal pre-roll where... Um, you know, they're doing like, hey, check out this look at the this TV show coming up or whatever. They they rolled a advertisement for the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Oh. And I wanted to know, did they do that for any of the screenings that you guys I saw? I did see a camera. Was it with a bunch of people that were talking to the camera, white background? Talking about like, you know, do you have the, the stigma yes, and stuff yes, like that? Yes, I saw that. Yes. Or you saw that. Yeah, okay. They played that. I don't remember. They played that, that right happening. after Nuvi with Maria Menunos. The fuck That's exactly that? what I saw, yeah. too. Yeah. The fuck is Nuvi? Okay. So uh, what'd you think? What, what did this movie leave you feeling right when it was over? 
Um, ultimately, I did enjoy the movie. Uh, I, I, you know, Joker is a character that is is kind of near and dear to me, not because of any sort of like connection to him. <laughs> of course, you got to preface but, everything with everything now. Yeah, disclaimer: yeah, I can't I know, just I think he's a it's cool character. I, I can't just associate. say I like the Joker because that's not because he um, likes killing people. People, listen. No, it's, Jesus. It's, I've always been a Batman fan since yeah, I was a kid. He's obviously one of the greatest villains that there's Absolutely. ever been. Uh, he's a character that I myself have played, so that's a thing that I have that, you know, kind of ties me into it. And it's it's a thing where, like, you know, being able to kind of dive deep into the, the mental state of whatever this character is is something that interests the hell out of me. And it's it's a thing that I've covered on my podcast as well. So I I wanted... To, this, the biggest reason I wanted to be doing the review with with you guys is because this is a character that I, I care to talk about. Mm. But I think in the end, I enjoyed the movie... But I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as the movie really wanted me to. Okay. I agree with Anthony. This is a movie that I think is very well shot. I think Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job with the character. But I think it's a movie that finds itself to be more artistic and more important than it actually is. Mm -hmm. And I think it wants to be deep and it wants to have a message, but it doesn't know what either of those truly mean mm-hmm. to have. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rugs. I think that's a good point. Yeah. That's very good. Can't wait to talk about that. Rugs, did you have any weird thing at your theater? I Yes, there was cops. There was. Okay. Just And um, to be honest with you, like, I think that had I watched this movie um, in the comfort of my home, I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Because the fact that even though I know that nothing was going to happen, the fact that like people were taking it seriously didn't make it more exciting. I I feel like I feel like that that the media and social media created this. Yeah. Yeah. When it didn't need to happen. Absolutely. Because like there's been shitloads of movies. There's like a list of them of of horrible people movies that have been made that have opened in the theaters. And there was never like uh, this kind of threat of uh, whatever violence. And this is something that because it's the Joker, because everybody's got a hot take, because people have the need to sensationalize or overanalyze something like a movie about a crazy guy that's been made a thousand times that I go to the movies and there's a cop there and there's an armed people there when I get in and whatever. So I was I, that made me uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than the movie. Yeah. In fact, I even though I enjoyed the movie and I'll echo, I pretty much echo everything that Anthony said yeah. already, yeah. and uh, and Matt said, I found it to be a little bit limp. Mm. I found it to be. I was like, this is nothing. It, it came out tame. Yeah. Well, it's I, not gonna, I know what that means. It's not going to live up to the oh, hype. I, I, no, well, not even limp, but I think like the amount of like, oh like, my he god, kills, this- like maybe like. It's, I'm not gonna say it right it, now. It's but like, like four people. Yes, yeah, no. The, the amount of violent. like the, the way they were tr- talking about this movie that it was gonna incite yeah. violence. Not, I was like, yeah. Well, there's what? I could I could see where, and we could talk about that later. Yeah. But I mean, I could see where like somebody who's really looking for something to like grab onto can sure can do it. But like that's that's a perception thing. But like I but. I was like, I'm like, oh, this is what everybody's so fucking afraid Ultimately, of. Ultimately, a whole yeah. lot to do yeah. about nothing. Nothing. Yeah. If yeah. this movie, so, if this movie terrifies you about what it could incite people to do, I would hate for you to see like natural born. You killers. haven't seen much better movies. That's I mean, what that means. There will be blood. Yeah. Okay. Is a movie where the, it's about a fucking piece of shit that like 
ruins a guy's life and is a complete fucking asshole. And he, you know, and like that was to me more. Um, he wasn't. It was more. Vi- it wasn't more violent. It wasn't more anything. But it was more like psychologically fucking crazy. Yeah. To watch that movie than this one. I was more disturbed by the movie Precious. Oh yeah. <laughs> than I was Joker. Well, I mean, you yeah. just you just mentioned a great movie, Natural Born Killers, and like even Body and Clyde. They glamorize what it means to be like a killer in the media. Remember yeah. Sling Blade? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, dude. There's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Mentally ill guy kills people. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's it got an Oscar Cuckoo's nomination. Nest, it, it, fucking uh, yeah. Clockwork Orange. Like this is nothing new. Uh, my experience was there was two cop cars outside, and they had a bag a sign that said, "You can't bring large bags in." And then, and then Imran yeah, did they not. Had that at my theater too, yeah. And then Imran could not watch the movie as he proceeded to go to jail. For being, <laughs> I went right to. They're like, look at that guy's being beard. He is. He's clearly, but the, uh, they wouldn't let me buy a single ticket. No, that's not true. That was also a hoax. Some dude got banned from theaters. Uh, but that was it. The only other thing was a guy checked my ticket like at the door, as well as in the when I walked in, which they didn't usually do. But I did. I, I did really enjoy this movie. It was mesmerizing, fascinating, really interesting. I was after it was over. It hit me like Aronofsky's like Requiem for a Dream, uh, or or like a Clockwork Orange. Like I was I was uncomfortable and creepy, and it was disturbing and unnerved, and left me with questions. Uh, the ambiguity is good for you know a lot of the things, so it definitely stuck with me. Um, I think not that, a happy that, movie. that cop presence and and that drama that added to it actually subliminally amplified your your anxiety i think so. i mean and, and clearly yeah. none of this hurt the box office people still came out in droves and made it gave it all those records but in a way yes it did having that like i did i remember sitting down and looking around and kind of checking people out i i remember the same thing i sat in the theater and i looked around and then i looked and i was like that dude's alone over there that no dude i didn't do that i didn't do that i didn't do that but i definitely looked to my left and go there's the exit. I could jump off this this little rail right here and get out. Right. I, I think this this bullshit made everyone think about that when they were watching this movie. You're sitting down in the theater with your anxiety already peaked. And this movie just it kind of enhances and then that. It just now this just starts playing the strings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess the question yeah. that I have is if they hadn't built this kind of narrative about how this movie mm-hmm. could be so dangerous for people who are mentally unstable. Would it have pulled in nearly as much of an audience? I think so. I mean, I don't know if it's going to do like not in the nineties, but it definitely would have gotten at least seventy million. I, th- I think it would because have done, a Joker alone. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would agree. I think it would have done well, but I think I think actually the the negative hype increased yep. the anticipation. Felt, and I, definitely the buzz we talked about in the weeks leading up was more than comic book movie fans. The buzz I, was I everywhere. Went a, I went to a ten o'clock showing on a Friday night, and there was probably. I'd say at least half the theater was full, which is yeah, which to, is pretty good for the the, the movie theater I, I watch it at on a Friday night, yeah. which is usually empty. Mm. Yeah, I went to a seven o'clock showing on a Tuesday. I would say we were maybe seventy five percent full. Yeah, I went Sunday that Sunday night. It was seven, and it was uh, it was like eighty percent full. It was a good crowd. Yeah, for I think it was not quite full for me either, but but pretty full. Uh, so let me let me get into the yeah. let's get into the movie. Yes, yeah. Um, spoilers. Yeah, I we're, we're already spoiled. We hit it twice. Yeah. Right. How many times? So. What I will give this movie credit for is this movie doesn't, I mean, I guess a little bit at the end, but it really doesn't do anything to make you go, 
man, that Joker's a cool character. Right. Like, Heath Ledger's a cool character. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's a cool character. Yeah. Uh, what, the, what the fuck's the dude's name that played the last Joker? Uh, Jared Leto. Jared. Le- Jared Leto's trying to be a cool Joker. Yeah, he's a douchebag. <laughs> uh, <yo, laughs> really, really trying. Here's the really funny thing I noticed about Jared Leto's Joker, was after <laughs> seeing this movie, I went back and I watched his scenes uh-huh. from... Uh, Suicide Squad yeah. and for how much the big story about him was like oh he's such a method actor he like got he was you know he kept himself alone and he was sending like used condoms yeah, to Margot Robbie and, and all that yeah. stuff he does a fucking Jim Carrey impression <laughs> through that whole movie yeah it was Jim Carrey he's, yeah. he's doing Jim Carrey as the Riddler as the Joker <laughs> yeah so, so that's a great point um, so the point being is I, I, I respect that the filmmakers and Joaquin Phoenix decided to go, you know what, we're not trying to make this guy a hero per se. Yeah. There's nothing like, unless you're, you are mentally disturbed, there's nothing for you to go into that movie and go, man, like, he's a guy I want to be. Like, they, he was beat up his entire life. He was chained to a fucking radiator. He doesn't know who his parents are. His mom was schizo- or had multiple personalities. So, like, there's nothing. This is, this is about a man. This isn't about one bad day. No one day. wants to be this guy. Yeah, this yeah. isn't about one bad day. This is about a man that has had a very, very sad life. Yeah. And it has culminated at this point. They literally they literally open the movie with this dude getting the shit kicked out of him by kids. By teenagers. Right. They were just right. kids. They weren't even adult men. And one of the things that that's uh, interesting about it is that when he when he finally does uh, do something violent, the first time he's violent in the movie, yeah. he's violent towards people that were number one trying to fuck with some girl. Yeah, he saved right. her. That are rich assholes. Yeah, they were and they were beating him up. Well, he didn't, and then they were fucking with him, who's a mentally disturbed dude. Yeah. He didn't. Well, he he saved her, but he didn't really save her. His condition just led distracted. to that. Yeah, he, yeah. he was he was he enough was, of a distraction for her to be able to take off. Right. Right. So the point is, is that and then when he commits the crime, nobody knows who committed the crime. It could have been any person. Yeah. But the fact that there was a clown sparked this whole uh, uprising. That okay, some asshole finally got had enough and. Took out these rich fucks that think they can do whatever they want, and uh, people, these poor people, like rose up. Yeah. So uh, it, it's one of those things that, like, okay, I could understand um, that uh, that sentiment, but like, I don't know if that was that. Why was that in the movie? I don't know. Well, it's, that's, it's, a, that's that's one of the things that I think that I think that's the thing that people. When I said that earlier, I teased it earlier that. That it could be dangerous. Like if that was that element of the movie wasn't there, yeah. where everybody's wearing Joker masks, ah. I think the movie would have been more digestible from people who are looking to be offended or or afraid of, I guess, white people yeah. doing yeah. mass mass murder or whatever. It's it's this interesting idea where I think the the major outrage of it came from the fact that a lot of people already understand and know who and what the Joker is as a character. It is a psychopathic murderer who just happens to make himself look like a clown while he does it. So the fact that it seems like a mass amount of people are adopting this clown persona as like the symbol of their movement against society or whatever became this problem of like, Oh, they're all idolizing the Joker that I already have a predetermined idea of. Right. But like in this context of the movie, it makes sense because they're going through like this garbage crisis, and the rich are getting richer, and the poor are getting. Poorer. Thomas Wayne is not really uh, uh, the best guy in this. He's an no. asshole, yeah. I think I think that the the most telling part of it is the fact that like the, there isn't 
too much of a movement until after Thomas Wayne makes a statement right. saying that like all of the poor people who wish they were rich are just clowns yep, as yep, well. Yep. That everyone adopts this clown concept as being like, look at us, we are the clowns that you're ignoring. I feel like that's a very Trump move. Like, Thomas Wayne yeah. is like oh, insulting the people yes. that he's trying to govern he or whatever. Right. He, wants to be, yes. he wants to be mayor, but he's also telling the so, city to fuck itself. I feel like this movie is like indirectly woke. It, it it honestly, it, it it is an interesting idea in the fact that it's 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 building a narrative that is essentially eat the rich. Yeah. It is building Thomas Wayne to be this Donald Trump stand-in who gives zero shits about the the poor or about the disenfranchised or those who are less fortunate. And it paints the Wayne family in a way we have never seen them yep. in media before. Yep. Because we only ever see them through the eyes of nine-year-old Bruce as Wayne. As philanthropists. Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, you even had Alfred in there, which was fucking crazy. I didn't- and, I mean, even the scene where they, the, when I was talking about kind of like shoehorning stuff in, the scene where the parents die, that's now a new twist, where it's not just some random robbery, but it's this riot that happens, and they get stuck in the middle of the riot, and the, the and the clown guy just kills he kills them just to kill them and then takes the pearls not in like he was stealing them but just in anger like right. fuck yeah. you yeah. well you'd get a very different batman if that was the circumstance well and then yeah. you got to remember Absolutely. this this kid you, you would have to get a batman that was actually against the rich yeah he'd have to that's why his parents got he killed would have because to turn against well, his family. he'd have to hate his parents yeah. i think well, the problem no 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 the problem is is that because because bruce is like 9 years old he has zero idea as to what the politics of the era or the situation were all he sees is some dude who might have been a criminal murdered my parents who take care of me so obviously crime is the problem but then i think that he would have to know at some point that things were so bad and 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 he would he would know the machinations of behind government and he he might but also you know for all we know that moment was so damaging to a young bruce wayne he doesn't want to know the truth as I've said for years, Batman is a man who made a promise to nobody at the age of nine yeah. and carried it out. So you basically think he's Trump Jr. Then he's, well, no, it's 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 the idea that Batman is as crazy as anybody else. Well, yeah. I, I would I actually interpreted it a little differently. I kind of liked that spin because I think the, what that would have taught a little Bruce Wayne is that because his parents died because of senseless violence, it wasn't robbery. It was just they vi- it was just killing for the sake of killing. Yeah. yeah. So for me. I interpreted that as his moment when he's like, I have to stop these guys, but I'm never going to kill them. I can't kill. Because life Mm. is too important to just senselessly take it away. And Bruce would be the only person in that moment. And for how traumatic it is, he may not even remember that the the killer stated, you get what you deserve when he shot his father. But wasn't Bruce there when he was telling Alfred that that he's... He's a son of Bruce. Yes, Wayne. this is a Bruce Wait, that what? you you have to remember. This oh, Bruce yeah. just day a day earlier was visited by this guy claiming to be his half brother. True, uh, but I don't know if Bruce would have heard the conversation because you notice that Arthur is very quiet in that moment. Yeah, yeah. He's only angry once Alfred's telling him that's bullshit. Leave. Yeah. That his mom. It was crazy. That was some crazy. So there's a crazy reveals here. Yeah. Right. It, it, I'll, go, I'll go on that one. Uh, what, what did, uh, oh man, I had so many thoughts. Uh, let's talk about the laugh, the laughing condition, which is a real, he's got three laughs condition right? called pseudo bulbar effect. He has three laughs rugs. What are the three laughs? He's got the one that happens that he can't control. Yeah. 
He's got the one that he does when he's trying to be like a normal person and laugh with when everybody fake, else. Yeah, he's fake laughing. Which and then his sounds the same. Yeah. And then he's got the one where he's actually laughing, which is at the very end when he he's with the woman and he laughs and she's like, what are you laughing at? You wouldn't get it. Yeah. And he goes, you wouldn't get the joke. I what thought I think laughing. Okay. I mean, I, well, I thought his performance, Joaquin's performance of that was incredible because you felt that pain that the, he can't, you know, he's, he you, has the he card. Made, he, he made it seem talk. like an uncontrollable cough. Yeah. He, he did a really, yeah. he did a really good job. He I, has, he has come out and said that he did a lot of research into uh pseudo bulbar effect. Pseudo bulbar. That's yeah. It's a um, real thing. In, in being able to craft that laugh. And even to the point where when he's doing it, he'll start coughing and kind of choking. Yeah. It looks like it's a very can't... common thing wow. in that, in that condition, because it is the fact that it is so involuntary. Yeah. He cannot breathe in, in the middle of doing it. Yeah. So you are expelling so much air that you are almost collapsing your throat from it. Yeah. It looked uncomfortable. It looked painful. Uh, you really kind of feel for him. I'll tell you I, this. I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting, twist on the left I, I, i'll it's, leave it at that it's a thing that feels so fitting to the character that it honestly surprises me this is the first time we've seen them go right? that route yeah. when he stepped up to the mic to do his stand-up and he couldn't even get words out like that you that was painful it was hard to watch i have a very close family member who has something similar they've been suffering with this thing where when they're happy or they're they get anxiety their nervous system kind of locks up their lips start to quiver their eyes flicker they can't really talk and then it starts to go away it's similar to epilepsy but it's not so that shit really hit home for me like i could put myself in that i kind of can see what he's going through where the, and you know who hasn't been approached with someone and getting a card in new york i remember when i lived in new york there'd always be uh, either they were deaf or blind and they give you this card saying i have this condition uh, I thought that was that was brilliant, and uh, yeah, the, it, mm-hmm. it was. It just did it. There was my question: Was this too sympathetic uh, of a of a character? Did they play him too sympathetic uh, without any kind of redemption? Well, Anthony said it best: You don't want to be this guy. Yeah, you're like you could see why he's had a hard life. You could see why uh, that uh, he fell through the cracks of the system. <laughs> yeah, why yeah. Is, I, why, I was going to say, like, why, like, society's abandoned him and he's kind of like this loner. But at the same time, like, he's also insane. Right. And he's thinking of things that don't happen that are happening. He's right. kind of like unreliable in his narration. He's the or, unreliable or narrator. And yeah, so, I love those ambiguous moments. So when you get to that, yeah. so like, let's talk about that real quick. So there's moments in the movie where you don't know if it's really happening yep. or if he's just thinking of it. And yep. then eventually they they, sh- they they put the cards down and you see it. But um, there's possible moments that are not happening that they haven't revealed to us yet. It's yeah. also it's, pos- it's, it's possible that the whole movie didn't happen and he was sitting there telling the story the whole time. To, to answer your question, uh, Imran, yeah. I don't think he's sympathetic because there's two moments. There's the one where he kills the people and he admits afterwards he didn't feel anything. Yeah. Then yeah. the other right. moment, the one, the more, the crazier moment is when he's sitting in the girl's living room. Yes, when he just walks when he, in, he just walks in, sits and there, and then you realize and, 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 none well, of that was real. Well, not only that, you realize none of that was real, and, and I kind of knew that none of that was real. Oh, like, oh, no yeah. fucking girl no, is going to yeah. fall for this yeah. guy. But yeah. but but the only thing is, is like that is not you don't fall, you don't relate to someone that bar that breaks into a random girl's house with and, a daughter, a single yeah, mother's house, yeah. and sits on the couch blankly staring at the wall that's not sympathetic he has no idea what reality <laughs> no, is there, right. yeah. and at that point in time you're like this guy's fucking nuts do we right. think he killed her when he left the apartment no i don't no. think so because no? he didn't okay. kill the little little person 
there yeah, are there are a yeah. few aspects of his his unreliable narration as well as his mental illness I wanted to touch on and even yeah. even ask you guys your opinion on. Go for um, it. One of the big things was I agree with Anthony. I I saw the whole relationship with Zazzy Beats being fake thing a mile away. Okay. They never gave us her name. Yeah, yeah. And no one ever sees the two of them together. Yeah, she didn't have a lot to do. Really. I also saw Fight Club. I know how this works. Yes, it's a lot. There's a lot of Fight Club allusions in yeah, here. Yeah, very yes. much so. Yeah. So that was one of the things. The, the idea of him not being a sympathetic character. They want us to sympathize with him a lot. But there are things that really don't match up or make sense in the story that we're being told. And this is what plays into a lot of the unreliable narrator. Yeah. We do see the fantasy that he has way in the beginning where he imagines being in the audience of the, the Murray, whatever show Yep, Murray Franklin. Yeah. We, we see that he has this, this non-existent relationship with his neighbor who he's attracted to, or maybe is thinks he should be attracted to. I, I got a lot of senses throughout this movie that there is, there is a very subtle hint that he might be a repressed homosexual oh. that I will touch on in just a moment. Oh. Some of the, the things that I, I wanted to, to question on were, are, you know what, I'll, I'll touch on the, the repressed homosexual thing right away because it's at the, the, the forefront of my mind. So when we first meet the character of Randall when he's working, the guy who gives him the gun. Oh, uh, the big guy, yeah. He says he heard about him getting beat up by a couple of, you know, a group of teenagers, yeah. blah, 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 a bunch of savages in this town, whatever. Hands him the gun in the bag. And when he hands it to him, Arthur says, I can't possibly take this from you. And he says, no, 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 man, it's fine. Take it. You know, I know you'll make it up to me. You know, you're my boy. Yeah. Yeah. There is a very predatory thing about the way he says that to him. Well, I think there is something more uh, sinister about Randall in general that they're kind yeah, of they probably at. cut that. And, it get, yeah. and I'm wondering if it's a thing that they cut because it makes me wonder if this is a thing where like. He's been sexually assaulted or at least in some way molested by yeah. Randall. I mean, and he was it, well, even maybe by his dad or the, or the well. And that's the thing is, I know that they, they, they touch on the idea that like his mom's boyfriends right, had, abused, had him. abused him in the yeah, past. And yeah. we don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm wondering if Randall is a part of that, because when he finally murders Randall, that is the most personal murder he has committed throughout yeah, the entire dude, that, yeah. that's probably my favorite moment in the whole movie is there's that sick freak it is yeah, the most is. because it is the most joker thing to do uh it's shocking and surprising and then the laugh of the little person not able to unlatch the door and the tension that, that's it's, the dark comedy oh my that god is, that is such a dark joker humor yes it's perfect dark joker humor it was hilarious and scary because you you he could have you didn't know if he was gonna kill him or what but he says you were the only guy that was nice to me lets him go when he kills murray or sorry not when he kills murray when he kills randall yeah it's not only does he stab him in the eye with a pair of scissors multiple times, but yeah. then he bashes, he bashes his head into his head a wall. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he is looking to obliterate this human being. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't just tell a lie to get him mur like fired. Like Randall's done some bad shit that's to the Arthur most violent that he has never approached out before. of all his killings. That's the most violent one. And even like the, moment the great thing about this movie, though. Yeah. Is that we're sitting here talking about this? Yeah. And there's more to talk about. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's even to the point where later on, when he has the gun and he's in the house and he's doing this weird like dancing montage where he has the gun and pretending he's in a club or whatever. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I got this very weird like 
kind of like at a gay club feeling about being bit. approached about like, oh wow, you're such a great dancer, yeah, Arthur, yeah. and like all that stuff. kind of stuff. Yeah. Got, it was kind of a Buffalo Bill vibe. It, it was. really was. The mirror. Yeah. Like, oh well, fuck me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, other thing, the other thing that I'm wondering about, and this is what I think plays into the the unreliable narrator concept, is that we are told in this movie that. At, for a while, he thinks that he is the illegitimate love child of his own mother and Thomas Wayne. Right. And m- that might still be true. Yes. We're not really given solid proof as whether it is or not. The photograph had the inscription, love your smile, TW, but his crazy mom could have also wrote that on yeah. photo. Very no, true. But they, they matched the writing and they and it was different. Oh. And, and the... Oh, that's a good point. The file he gets from yes. Arkham State Hospital yep. talking about how he had been adopted. Yeah. What is the possible chance that not only is he adopted by his mother, but his mother adopts a child that has the same mental disabilities that she does? Oh, snap. He's not adopted. See, I don't think it was he had the same mental disabilities. I took it as his her boyfriend beat the fuck out of him so badly that his brain was damaged. But Which she would was have worked with the neurological disorder that yes. caused the laughing. Yes. But you don't get beat so bad that you have narcissistic personality disorder. Mm. Yeah. And you don't get beat so bad that you suffer from delusional episodes. That happens from an overprotective, delusional, crazy mother. That which is what she was. Well, no, it's, I'm, I'm it's, not a fucking it's doctor. It's, I don't know how that happened. I was going to say no. <laughs> things, things like like schizophrenia, yeah, and narcissistic personality disorder. This is all genetic. Ah, these are things that will be passed down to your child. Yeah. So it questions the adoption. Absolutely. Uh, so it either questions the adoption or it questions just the story in general, mm. because this is the story we're being presented, and it's the story we're being presented by Arthur. By him, so we don't know if well, any of it is also, real. Also, and I read this somewhere, but I agree, like, this story, I think it is supposed to be a Joker story, like, this is an origin, but I've I've read some other thoughts where this is possibly the inspiration for the real Joker. Like, this is just a guy. Like I went and crazy I've, I've for one night, well. and he's still alive because, though. At well, the end, well, the, the when I went by a curse is if you really start to think about it, how old is Joaquin Phoenix? He, I mean, this Arthur Fleck is probably like forty five years old. No, no, it would. She said she. I, I wouldn't say about. I would say 30, in, in the movie he's supposed to be in his thirties because she she said she worked for the Waynes thirty years ago. Okay, fine, thirties. Yeah, let's give him thirties. Yeah, Batman is nine. Right, yeah. so you need twenty-one years before Joker ends up. Yeah, he's he's the nemesis at least. No, ten years. Eleven he's in years. His, he's in his fifties by the time Batman you, is. You Batman. think Batman becomes Batman at twenty years old? Doesn't he? No, twenty-five. Yeah, 25, see, 25, he, he 25 to the, be year one. The grizzled veteran Batman that battles. Jo- this is the same thing as the Jack Nicholson thing. Well, Joker, they, they, yes, the, yes, the nemesis yeah, Joker yeah, is going to yeah. be 60 years old. There's there's a lot of ties to 89 because they did that. They also indirectly made Joker the guy who kills his parents just like 89, right, although right, it's right. a little bit I also better. I also find it interesting that if you go back and look at Batman 1989, yeah. the guy who plays young Jack Napier, he looks, so old. He looks like he's the same age as Jack Nicholson. That's yes. pretty yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. pretty funny. Um, that was messed this up. is my take on it and this could be it is that He's not the Joker at all. He might not. No. He's he's just the guy that's in Arkham yeah. that thinks he's the Joker. Yeah. He, I mean, this movie should have been called like his, his 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 insane fantasy is that he's the Joker because oh. he has this laugh condition. Mm. And so maybe the Joker exists. Maybe he's in Arkham with him. Oh. But he he builds this fantasy. Holy shit. So he can feel like the, he's the Joker. That was the vibe I got too. Is yeah. that like here? I, I know you can go after me, Dahar. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Um. Is I, I just find it hard to believe that this guy with this much mental illness and 
this much lack of get his shit confidence can, can get his to shit together and run Gotham. Like, I just yeah. don't see this man. I see him being, of course, a mentally disturbed, crazy person. But I don't see him becoming the man that can go tit for tat with Batman. And I'll tell you how he can do it. Yeah. Okay. He's got a whole movement behind him. Yeah. So he's got thugs that are ready to do whatever he wants because they they look at him as the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land. Yeah, it's going to help them fuck over the rich. They don't know that he's an idiot. Yeah, well, they have no idea. Let me ask you this though: Do you think it was realistic? And I know that we're talking about a comic book movie, but do you think that shooting a character like what was the name's character? Robert De Niro's character, Murray Uh, Franklin. Murray Franklin, who is is established even as by the Joker himself as a character that the poor people even watch and enjoy. Yeah. Do you think shooting him on live TV would cause riots? Like, do you think that's the man you shoot? Like, I, I just don't think that's the 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 the, the flame <laughs> to the match that would have caused all I these think, riots. I think that because he was ridiculed by him previously, yeah, and he has a condition, and that is like something that's really fucking. They would never do that now. Like, you could never not, do that. But they would do You'd it. Be in fucking the 80s. roasted. Yeah, in the eighties, maybe in the seventies, <laughs> definitely. But like, if they were to do that, and uh, the guy comes and shoots you, um, I don't know. It would it wouldn't be this like groundswell like they make it. But I think it th- this all happens before he even gets on the show. It's this guy who shoots these two Wall Street fucks yeah. that were like Wayne being people. an asshole. Yeah, and um, they're like, yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck those rich fucking guys. And so that they're already on board. And then when he goes and says, you get what you deserve, yep. they're already they're already there. They're already at the point yeah. where they're committing crimes. They killed cops right before that, right? Yeah, or or right after that. They, they didn't kill they them. They put them in the hospital. Um, I thought it was interesting how up until then he was planning on shooting himself as the big punchline. And, 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 and yeah, that's a whole... We haven't even touched They're the whole so Martin Scorsese. Yes. Like, well, I, how Todd, I, yeah, Todd Phillips is basically taking King taxi of Comedy driver. and Taxi Driver, rolling them all into one, yes. and a little bit of Fight Club sprinkled and in Dog there. Dog Day Afternoon, some yeah. stuff from Dark Knight. Let me tell you, I watched this movie, and then I rewatched Taxi Driver, and I watched King of Comedy all this week for the first time. And yeah, this almost is like ghost directed by Scorsese. He literally smushed those two movies together. Instead of a taxi driver, it's a clown business. And then put shoehorned Gotham and the Waynes over it and combined it all. Uh, it's I don't know if it's an homage, if it's a mashup, or if it's a direct ripoff. Well, I can't decide. You want to talk about something that's fucking hilarious? And I was talking about this movie maybe a few months ago. It's called You Never Were Really Here. Yes, that's uh, it's a movie that Joaquin Phoenix was in where he plays uh, a guy who who lives with his mother. Yeah. Who's mentally disturbed. Yeah. uh, Who um, he goes and finds like children that are sold off into like slavery, into like sex slavery. And uh, he's very violent. And it's basically a taxi driver movie. It's basically an homage to taxi driver. So he was already in Even this movie before, this? Yes, and, this is... and the movie is ten times more violent. One of and one of the funny great. aspects of that movie is the kid who plays young Bruce Wayne in Joker. Yeah, played 
the young version of Joaquin Phoenix's character in that, in movie. that movie. Oh shit! Yeah. Really? <laughs> so if you want to watch Joker, the like the prequel, yeah, that's, that's also Joker. You should watch. You watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to cue you up on this next point. All right, because I, I, I you touched upon this earlier, but and I agreed. So I think what makes this movie, what the magic behind this movie is obviously the, all the combination of past movies that it kind of rolls up into one. Yeah. It being a comic book movie, it being the Joker, but then also the performance of Joaquin Phoenix. So I was thinking about this movie, I was like, this plot, I don't really, there's not really much of a plot. It's more just a character, you you fall with, the, you you follow this character and you're immersed in this guy, Arthur Fleck, and his downfall into becoming, um, just losing all control. But then I like and I like to think about like okay now what this movie what is the message in this movie mm-hmm. and the message I have in this movie is I I don't know what the message is is there even a so, message right what like is it rise up against like the elite is it like a mental health awareness thing is it treat like be nice to everybody what is the message and I, you touched upon that Delhauer my feeling on it is that the movie itself does not fully have a message mm. the movie wants to have a message but it doesn't fully recognize or or realize what that message is throughout the whole thing because this movie is literally a mashup of movies it has seen before that all had similar messages i slightly disagree okay i think it's by design Mm. i think that todd phillips even though he's an asshole to a lot of people (laughs) i think that his whole, I think, if you listen to him when he talks in his interviews about this movie, he is fully dialed into the fact that he doesn't want to answer any question. Yeah. He wants to present the idea for, is this the real Joker? What does he stand for? And he doesn't want to answer All any ambiguity. of those ambiguity. So I think it was by design that there was like kind of like dangling a little carrot of what the message could be, but then, it, but it's not like set in stone so you can really grab onto it. And I think that some people need that, and I think that some people without it like feel like there's no rudder. So um, he, I, but I think it's by design. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't is. be surprised either. But I also recognize that there is a point where he has been asked a few times about whether or not, like you know, is the movie built to be a story that is real? Is it that it's all made up in Arthur's head and so on and so forth? And his response was. Well, maybe somewhere down the line we'll tell you what we thought. I think I think he recently said something like uh, that alluded to him being like uh, crazy, and you can't trust anything that he. That he well, yeah, and it, well, what he what he had said was his quote was the the moment at the end when he's with the the doctor in the hospital. In the hospital, yeah, and he he laughs and she says, "What's so funny?" And he says, "Oh, I was thinking of a joke, but you won't get it." His his quote was, that is the only legitimate laugh that the character has in the whole oh. movie. Well, let me let me jump in there, though. Huh. I think I agree with both the points. I think it, it could be by design. I think the movie's a little confused, though, in that. Yeah. So there isn't the message, obviously. We've we've kind of got we've we've agreed on that. They I don't going for it. Maybe they didn't achieve it. It wants right. to have a message. The, well, the thing is, is that it doesn't. And we are talking about how like some of it's not real. I don't think it leans far enough into the fact that 
you don't know what's real and what isn't. Mm. Like I can kind of tell what was real and what wasn't. So I don't think it's leaning far enough for me to be it like, oh, this movie. Yeah, it didn't blur it enough. enough for me to be like, mm. okay, the the intent of this movie is for me not to know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, there are moments that are very blatantly obvious or even told to us. This is not real. Right. Yeah. But then there are moments where you can question whether or not they are real. I personally feel like if this is supposed to be a story that is being told to this doctor at a, a hospital. Yeah. Things like his whole appearance on the Murray Franklin show feels like it's not real. Like his whole ranting about you people would all walk past me if I was dying on the street and everything feels so sculpted. It feels so right. built that it isn't mm. a genuine moment. The, the only thing that makes me question like me thinking that is a real moment is they already did the fake out moment earlier in the movie. Yeah. So it's it's tough to be like, this is another I think, fake out moment. I think out of all of them, the one that for the longest time I was very certain this is definitely not a real moment was after he gets arrested and he's in the cop car. It gets crashed into by the ambulance that was stolen yeah, by yeah, rioters. Yeah. And then they pull him out almost like he is the dead body of Christ. Right. And lay him on the cop car. Yeah. He's laying there coughing up blood. Yeah. But then suddenly he's perfectly fine enough to get up, smear his own blood in a smile on his face, and dance around in front of all of them while they cheer him. I was like, oh, that never fucking happened. See, I thought like, that was real. That feels like a moment that's entirely cultivated by him. There's a couple of, of weird edits. Like, after he confronts Thomas Wayne in the bathroom and gets punched, he's standing at the sink, and then it cuts to him and his apartment standing in the same pose... In and front of the fridge. In front of the, and that's when he opens the fridge, takes everything out, and gets in, right? Well, then, which, um, then the next shot is the phone ringing, a call from Franklin Murray's show, and he is in his bed. Like, those three <laughs> things are very weird that they're cut. They're right Ruggs, next to each other. Rugs, you had a, Go ahead, Rugs. Yeah, I've been trying to say this for like 10 <laughs> minutes. But, like, uh, if you watch Taxi Driver, yes. um, there is a. There are theories that. Taxi driver doesn't even take place. Like what happens to taxi driver? Because you never see him leaving or coming into his apartment. It's like these weird cuts that don't make any sense. Transition. Oh, and Scorsese does the you same thing in, in King of Comedy, where yeah. he, uh, uh, what's his name, Rupert Pumpkin, imagines whole conversations with Jerry Lewis. Uh, shit that never happened, and he goes and, and there's real no life. cuts to it. They yeah. they don't allude yeah. to it. There's yeah. nothing. They just jump in. So there could be. Those transitions that you're talking about where they're not obvious. There's some, I think that there's some that are very obvious. You can see it coming a mile away. And then there's other ones where maybe they're, they're like the taxi driver. Like early on, there's that cut where he's, she's asking him about how it was in the hospital and it cuts to him slamming his head against the window. Is it possible that that is, that is real time? Like what's going on? And in his head is the movie. Kind well, of that thing. moment was what, initially led to me believing in this this theory that none of this happened because it starts off where he's talking about like oh i liked it better in the hospital right and she's like well why and it's just him bashing his head against the window yeah. and then we we're never given any concept as to when he was in right. a hospital yep. or why yeah, yeah, or yeah, when yeah. he got out yep yep and there's a moment later on when he's at Arkham State Hospital he asks the clerk what does somebody got to do to to get into get a in place here? like yeah. this <laughs> and if he'd already been in a hospital like this he knows I love that I love that little exchange when he goes I did something bad and I thought it would bother me but it doesn't <laughs> the guy's like I'm just a clerk bro but uh, I think 
the the bit that that rug boy brought up about like the the editing in, in taxi driver and how it, it creates this very dreamlike aspect where yep, you don't yep. really know what might or might not have been real yep. in this person's experience this kind of brings up what i feel is my biggest gripe with this movie and the biggest problem that i have with it and i know imran had made a, a comment earlier is that this movie ultimately feels like it's one made by a film student yeah. that wants to be Martin Scorsese. It's a cover song of Scorsese hits. But that's all right, because he's going to die soon. Except, and we need well, else to make <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> my feeling is ultimately it's it's this feeling of like so many people have been saying like, oh, it feels like a Scorsese film. No, it feels like someone who wants to make a Scorsese it's, film. It's it, it was surprisingly derivative of those two movies. It's very heavy. Smushed that's together. I could smack it on. Because, now, here's, but oh, here's wait, the, wait, wait, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead let, let, let Rugboy talk. talk. Yeah. Oh, wow, I get to talk. Yeah. Um, um, Fuck you, Imran. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, that I mean, show. Like, it, it is like very derivative of Martin Scorsese and other movies that we've talked about. And so I feel like it, could, it takes a little bit of a hit. Um, Quentin Tarantino does it better. Yeah. Like where he takes influences, but he makes it his own. That's an homage and not a straight, straight ripoff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. remember when remember when Psycho came out with like Vincent, Vincent Vaughn yeah, or whatever? Shot for shot, 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 shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, and it's not the same thing as that. That's really like limp dick. Yeah. But what like, is the point of that? Yeah, there's no point in that. I'll explain they, in a moment, but it's a bad reason. <laughs> basically, the whole reason for the movie is that why is he called Norman Bates? Yeah. Well, you'll see. Yeah. Because um, he's <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Go anyway, away, so, <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's doing. So, I mean, that does knock the originality portion or the direct, like his, the amount of directorship that uh, Todd, whatever Phillips has. Yeah. So, uh, that knocks it down a little bit in my view. Yeah. I, my problem is, look, Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, both arguably better movies than this. And the thing that they have that this movie is missing, and it's only because it's about the Joker, is that those two movies have a sense of uh, a humanity redemption at the end. In this movie, because it's about Joker, there's no humanity. You can't have humanity. And it kind of leaves it uh, lacking. Like there's something missing. And you don't know if you're supposed to be uh, you know, repulsed by this guy or are enthralled and fascinated by this guy. Let, let, I want to kind of pivot a little bit because I know we've been talking about like a lot of the bigger themes and the homages, but I think we'd be remiss if we did a re- did this review and not give credit where it's due in Joaquin Phoenix. What do you think of the dancing, oh, yeah. Anthony? Like, I, I'm talking about Joaquin fucking Phoenix. I know. What do you think of his not, dancing? Not just the dancing. I'm talking oh, about the whole together. goddamn yes. performance. Yes. The dancing in and of itself, I'm you're just fucking creeped out by because a the man's bit. in his white fucking underwear, which <laughs> we haven't seen anyone wear white underwear. I mean, probably people's dads still white wear he white lost underwear, but about that. Four pounds. He looks so uh, inhuman I mean, in this. The thing about Joaquin Phoenix is like I've seen him in a bunch of roles, and every time I see him in a role, like someone brought up at the at our, my job, they're like, "Is he anything like how he is in Gladiator?" I'm like, "No, no, no, he's not, not at all. Don't he, yeah. he is a completely different person. I think yeah. the way he's just able to meld into different fucking characters every movie, and in this one, this character who I totally believe right from the outset, right from the opening scene when he's fucking talking to that uh, social working therapist, yeah. right away you're immersed, and I, I just got to give credit to the fact that." Although the movie in and of itself is derivative of a lot of things and doesn't have the message that a lot of other movies intend to have when they're making films, 
It's a it's a movie built on Joaquin Phoenix. He's in, he, he's in every he is shot. the entire movie. Yeah, and he, yeah. you can't take your eyes off him. Yeah. When you guys talk about like, and then we've all thrown like Robert Downey Jr. as the great actor in the movie, but there's so many other things that are propping him up. There's so many things that like are entertaining on, a, on in and of themselves to carry a movie. This movie is all about how he's doing this right. this thing, yeah. like, making Arthur Fleck like. We know we we all leave the movie knowing what the fuck yep, Arthur Fleck know, is like. It's more about Arthur than Joker. We're gonna be saying Arthur Fleck like we say Tyler Durden. Yep, yep. yep you yep, know yep. we're gonna be that character is like, even though we we didn't know who the fuck Arthur Fleck was before this movie, we know who he is now. We knew but who I, the Joker was. We didn't know Arthur. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had sent a thing over to Imran uh, yesterday. There was there was a website that they had a bunch of the people on their site essentially answer like a. A questionnaire about the movie and their opinions on things. I got things. the link in the show notes here. And one of the one of the questions in it was, "What character do you feel was or was not, or what character that you didn't see a lot did you want to see more of in the movie?" And my feeling was, no one. Yeah. Because in a movie called Joker, I'm not looking to see more of anybody other than this main character. Yeah. And they recognize that in how they made the movie. It is based on this one person. Mm-hmm. The guy who is playing him needs to be on fucking point yeah. to make that worthwhile. Yeah. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix was like, I know that there's a lot of times where you will definitely see critics who will argue between the difference between a lot of great acting and just a lot of acting. Right. That's what they're saying is there's a lot of acting here, but a lot of it is also great acting. What about but, the what uh, about the accusation of melodramatic acting? Well, okay, so let me ask you guys this. This is a, something I did feel a tinge of. Now, when making art, when you're trying to be thoughtful and have good art, it's a fine line between it being meaningful and it being pretentious. And I felt well, the, at times what? I felt at times Joaquin was riding that line and it's, and at times, it slightly dipped into pretension. Like well, what? Guys, List an example, though. What, you, I, what scene are you some saying? Some of the dancing, to me, seemed a little bit pretentious at times. You're, you're, I would say if there was any moment with the dancing that I would have put into potentially being uh, pretentious, it's the moment after he kills the guys on the subway when yeah. he runs to the public bathroom yeah, and then starts time. dancing around in it. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. supposed to be throwing up in that. In yeah, that, I get trying it. to hide the gun. I get it. It's whatever. I, I know, mean, I just, I felt, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault it too much. Have you guys seen the clip that was going around? I know it, it was first shown, I think on Kimmel. Oh, the Jimmy Kimmel backstage where, he, where he's, where he's, where he's cussing Phoenix somebody starts out. like cussing out one yeah, of the, the yeah, crew members yeah. because he's in the middle of trying to get into the moment. Yeah. He kind of does like a Christian Bale Terminator deal and turned that, out no. that all of that was fucking fake. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. It was a watching prank it, on Todd Phillips while I was watching it. I was like, this is not real. Oh, you, yeah. Because this is a man who literally did a year-long performance art piece yep, where yep. he made a documentary about yep. how crazy he was. And I watched that. Because he thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah, yeah. So to have him then turn around and be like, cussing a dude out like, fuck you, man. I'm trying to find a moment right now. Yeah, like, that's not Joaquin Phoenix. He's just fucking like, with He's that. a method actor, but yeah. he's also... He, he's a douche for fun. The, the only drawback <laughs> I saw to actually Joaquin Phoenix... I didn't see the pretentiousness, by, pretentiousness, yeah. by the way. But the only drawback I saw... Is and I mentioned this in the on the outset of the Joker being a blessing and a curse. By the and I saw this on uh, listed in Jock and Her Nation or posted from Humphrey Ching, so I'll give him credit. Um, the performance was so good, but for a movie called Joker, 
It was more a movie, Arthur Fleck. Yeah, could we have used I, more I would Joker? Have, I would have liked to have seen Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. You only see Joker at the very end on the game, on the it's talk very show, hard on to, the TV. It's very hard to bridge the gap between what happens at the end of this movie to the the nemesis of Batman. Well, right. When, when do you think he turned? Is there a moment that he turns into well, Joker? It's a debatable if he even becomes the Joker. Okay, okay. But I just would have liked to have seen his interpretation of the Joker. I would say the problem is that we have seen a lot of origin movies that play this concept as well, where three-fourths of the movie is a person becoming the character we know, yep, yep. and then not even all of the third act is when they're finally right. that character you came My to see. My name is Carol. <laughs> Carol. <laughs> and it's 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 this idea of like yeah exactly we had a movie called Captain Marvel yeah where for three oh, fourths right. of the movie she was Vers yeah she, that's right I mean <laughs> so it, who Captain was. Marvel Doctor Strange all of them it, do yeah. that yeah they do that so they it's, get it's, there it end. follows that formula that yeah. I'm not going to turn around and be like oh there wasn't enough of the Joker yeah. I do agree that there wasn't but there's a lot of movies where you don't get enough of the character you want to see anyway yeah like Man of Steel he wasn't Superman yeah. for most of that movie yeah 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 yeah. Um, These are all true. Well, things. it wasn't necessarily a criticism. It was more like he was so awesome as Arthur Fleck that I'm like, damn. And it's I wish it I is, seen him would have seen him as the Joker. Yeah, and it's because him as the Joker is very different to everything that we've seen already. Right. This is the moment where suddenly he has a confidence. He is dancing in the face of cops that are getting beaten by a crowd. Yeah. Because he got away from them. I love that. I do love that little move he does once the he. Little, uh, the little, if you're happy and you know it, yes, stops your feet dance. Oh, yes. that gun scene also was what when he drops the gun and then he just picks it up and stands there. That is hilarious. That is probably my favorite moment. Oh, in the hospital. <laughs> yes, with the kids. Yeah, that, that's that is one of the best moments. What's the, uh, <laughs> there was a theory that. Um, the sign never got stolen. Oh, really? That, that was made up? I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. But, well, like, uh, multiple people have tried to watch the movie and see if they could, uh, that sign is in the apartment. See, the, oh. the theories around the movie are, this is almost getting, like, Inception level, where it's like, you, you try to get, you get two in your own fucking head right. about everything oh, yeah. that happened in the movie. No, I just, I remember thinking to myself that the, the one thing that, that took me out of the opening scene was when he gets uh, hit with the sign and all the kids start beating up on him. One kid is literally yelling, beat him up, beat him up. <laughs> and I'm like, who the like, fuck talks like that? Shit. <laughs> They're like 10 year olds. Yeah. No, this is one of the strengths of this movie is that it leaves you with these questions and you want to have these conversations and you're not sure. Like, I think it, it, it succeeds. Well, you want to know what I like the best about this movie? And uh, this is one of the things that's hard because some people like Martin Scorsese hate Marvel movies yeah. or superhero movies or corporate movies. And I think you could take somebody who doesn't like comic book movies and show them this movie and they will be able to at least be riveted for a while. Absolutely. Or maybe Absolutely. even be disturbed by a yeah. while. No, it's by disturbing. It's, it's something that you could, anybody who watches movies like, uh, like even cinema, can watch this movie and at least be like, well, at least the performance was cinematic level. And I mean, to Warner Brothers credit, this is something that Marvel and Disney could never do. So they're absolutely. I mean, just anecdotally at my office, when Spider-Man Far From Home came out, no one talked about it. No. Yeah. yeah. This movie, everyone's like, uh, literally that yeah. Friday or that yeah. Monday after yeah. the movie came out, every, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, how was the Joker? Did you see yeah. the Joker? Yeah. Oh no, I'm going to see it with my wife on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Don't say anything. It was don't, what do you think? Is it really as like scary as they talk about? And you know, like there was actually like 
water cooler conversation. I mean, that's another great thing is the uh, Todd Phillips took an art house character study in Trojan hordes horsed it inside a comic book movie, which at times does feel the little shoehorn. I don't I mean, know if that was complete. Is necessary. that what we want ultimately to happen to a comic book movies? No, um, but it is different. It's refreshing to see. Like, I think that there's characters that are ripe for this, yeah. like Frank Castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know, there's all. I mean, he's been explored on TV, uh, you know, in that way. But there's so many characters that you can do this, and then there's characters you can't. Well, now, do you think Warner Brothers is going to go crazy and they're going to say, "Let's make an R-rated Lex Luthor movie. Let's make an R-rated Sinestro movie. Let's make every villain now." Well, it's that not this... off the table now. That, yeah. Now it's worth discussing. Oh, and this, this was this was one of the big things that I thought about was like, what what does this movie itself mean for comic book moving films forward, in general? Forward, well, it's yeah. going to keep making money. It's going to yeah. be number I, one again. It yeah. will definitely yep. make money. It will definitely be talked about. It's beating Gemini Man this week, what they say. I don't know if this movie will be the thing that really turns the tide Mm. for anything with comic book movies Mm -hmm. yet. I kind of agree. Because the way I look at it is this. It's not the first dark comic book movie. It's not the first R-rated comic book movie. It's definitely more disturbing than we've seen before. Yeah. It's not the first R-rated comic book movie. It's not the first super violent comic book movie. Yeah. It's a lot of the stuff that, that, that this movie is, is stuff that we have witnessed and seen before. Yeah. And it's, it's not so different that we are suddenly going like, this is, this is beyond the pale that we're going to suddenly want to see other movies doing this. And I think the problem is, other movies trying to copy this will be even more derivative oh, yeah. than how we felt Absolutely. this movie was. Yeah. Because this yeah. is what yeah. if Martin Scorsese made a comic book movie? That's what this movie well, is. Yeah. I would point if. to. I would point to. I don't. I think this will still be the outlier for the foreseeable future. And the movie I point to that was supposed to change how comic book movies are being made and should have maybe was Logan, and nothing right. changed yep, after yep, Logan. Yep. But yeah, yeah but all even, we got. All we got was more Deadpool. Right. But even <laughs> Logan, like they got so close, but then well, you had Hellboy a, came out with an R rating. Yeah, it? that didn't work. Yeah, I mean, Logan. Had, no one Lo- saw Hellboy. Logan had to fall back on fucking clones. Ultimately, I mean, Logan know. is a very dark film. Yes, in in, yeah. in in its own way. Yeah, and and it's a very well made film. And it's shot way differently than most of the yep, yep. these uh, Marvel films and most of the comic book movies. And still, nothing came out of it. Mm. This is still a brand apart from Logan. Yeah, it's like, true. Logan can you you can see the the connective tissue to X-Men movies and the in this in like uh all that shit yeah, that was made. Before. Seeing seeing uh Hugh Jackman who had played this character for right. seventeen yeah, years that was completely different. in this yeah, this yeah. dark, this very violent and this very raw and emotional movie. And the ending was able yeah. to bring the the end of him playing the character to a, a different level. Whereas this took a character and an actor playing a character that we had not seen before and tried to match that intensity off the bat. And kind of put a, a, a real, I mean, it is the realistic, grittiest version of how I mean, this could happen. The Dark Knight has a lot of gravitas and a lot of realism. And, uh, but it's, it's more of a, it's, it's a, it's a broader stroke movie. Yeah. Right. He's it's just more crazy. About, it's like Nolan's all about themes. He's all about fear in the first movie and overcoming your fear. Right. The second one is about like what is a hero and what is a villain and what what's the difference? Like mm-hmm. it's a very thin difference. The third movie's about bridges, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holes in the ground and bridges. Yeah, no, no one knows what that yeah. movie's about. But um, <laughs> then that's where all the it goes off the rails. Yeah. I will, like 
Yeah. Go ahead. I will say one of the big things that I, I give this movie, and it's one of the things I thought of the first time I saw it, was there are moments in this movie that feel like the closest any live action Joker has gotten to yeah. the comic book character. Mm. Yep. And it's specifically, it's two moments. It is the moment after he kills Randall when uh, Gary, the little person, yeah. is crying in the corner and yeah. like, please don't kill me. I don't want to die. Yeah. And he says, I'm not going to kill you. You're the only person who was ever nice to me. And yeah. as he goes to leave, he leaps at him and yeah, he goes, he's scared. He at does him the scare. just to scare him. So fucking dark. <laughs> because to him, that's funny. Yep. <laughs> and the other was when he's on the Murray Franklin show. And he admits to the fact that he murdered the three Wall Street guys on the train. Yeah. And they're like, oh, did you, did you do it because of a, a, you know, you had a reason or anything? And he was like, no, it's just because they were assholes or whatever. They were like, oh, that's, that's, you don't have any reason. He goes, all right, how about this? They couldn't carry a tune to yes. save their lives. That's a joke. Is such a joker moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's, do you think he will, uh, he should be nominated for uh, best actor, Joaquin Phoenix? I mean, he's been nominated before. Yeah. Um, I I don't see why not. This is definitely a standout performance for him. I mean, he's good in everything. He's he's just as good as this in every movie. It's just like this one was just so much Pop, more, more yeah. um this is more obvious. Like the other stuff is more understated that he does. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash notwithstanding. But like um this is a, another one that stands out as He's kind of like not being subtle. He's really like doing something that stands out. This is the weirdest Johnny Cash movie I've ever seen. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the fuck? I would buy this album. <laughs> Definitely buy this album. A couple of other things. Uh, going back to the, the Murray Franklin show, I love how the uh, nod to Dark Knight, the comic book, where he comes out and he kisses the sex doctor right away and he does the yeah. same thing with dr ruth except mm -hmm. he kills her in that one that whole scene reminded me of yeah. uh the dark knight in the dark night everybody in the audience is dead he gasses the whole audience it's <laughs> fucking insane so it's when so great we're saying this movie is i'm like i was expecting there's barely any mayhem yes. on a like a astronomical like for all of this all of this fucking doom saying that people were saying like all of this fucking the cops outside like I don't know. There's it was not just like as way violent as hype. I thought. Yeah, oh, definitely overhyped. Definitely not. There's four kills. Not as violent as they made it out to see. I think it's six people he killed. Is it? Well, it's the three Wall on Street screen. brothers. Three on the wall. Three Wall Street brothers. He, his mother. His mother. Randall which, and Murray. So yeah, six. six uh, the and the therapist at the end. You don't see you it. You don't see it. it. You yeah, see yeah, blood. Seven ish. And, but dude, when he uh, suffocated, but it's not on screen. So it's like it, you don't see the violence <laughs> of it. You just. Kind of like okay, he killed, also, he killed her. Also, the fact that he does like the the, the jaunty little strut down the hallway with he's blood just footprints, yeah. and then he he goes down the corner, and then he's being chased by back orderlies and back and forth like, like a it's comedy. a fucking Scooby Doo cartoon. Know, it's yeah, like a three it was very well skin. done. Uh, but man, when he uh, he killed his mom, that was fucking disturbing. You kind of saw it coming, but it was still still shocking and disturbing in a good way. I also love the allusion to uh, Bernie Getz. You guys, uh, Dalhauer, you must know the, the name Bernie Getz living in uh, New York tri-state area. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Anthony, have you ever heard of Bernie Getz? Nope. 1984, this dude Bernie Getz uh, shot three African-American dudes that were messing with him. He was dubbed the uh, subway vigilante by the media. And uh, this happens around the time this movie takes place, which, look, I know it's supposed to be Gotham, but it's clearly just New York City. Oh, it's, like, know, it's absolutely just, it's actually just New York. Jersey City is it, in a lot is of it, Where's those it's, stairs? Is that in the Bronx? That's I, in the Bronx. The stairs are amazing. No, no, no. 
Is that Bronx or Brooklyn? It might be Bronx. Because I didn't know it's that hilly uh, in parts of New York. But, um, yeah, it's they shot in Bronx, uh, a bit in Brooklyn, a bit in Queens, and then uh, Newark and Jersey City. Yeah, I love the way the city looks. The graffiti was on point, just the, the sense of the city crumbling, and it's reminded me of like, the Warriors and Taxi they, they Driver. Did, they did a good, really good job of making Gotham feel like a hellhole. Because yeah. like in... Batman eighty nine, it it doesn't. It's just it's so like a over gothic stylized. wonderland, right? And which then, I love that. And then too. in being Batman, other than the Narrows, which only feels like maybe like a three block radius, yeah, it's really just Chicago. It's Chicago. Dark Knight is the one that fully sets up the fact that Gotham in the Nolan versus Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, so this but, is this is a good job of like immersing you in this world where it's like, wow. This sucks. And, 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 you know, New York at that time uh, was very dangerous and scary and just like that and clearly influence on Gotham. I uh, will say real quick because you yeah. asked the question. You only yeah. let one person answer. Oh, you sorry. fuck. What was uh, the question? Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, nominate him for an Oscar. Should he win? Should he win? It? He should I don't get know a nomination. If he should win. I mean, it's fucking what? November? October? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be early next year. This, uh, yeah, this, I, I don't watch enough movies to say you should There's, I was going to say, this is the thing. We're now heading into to uh, Oscar award season. show season. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, we're going to see a lot of movies that are fighting to try and get up there in the next two months. Uh, do I, you, yeah. I think he will most likely get a nod for a nomination at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Oscars has a little bit more gatekeeping in it. And especially with the controversy around the movie, they may try to play political Downplay and stay it. away from it. Mm, they say, why, why are you going to award the, this? The weird thing is, is they're, in a, they're now in a spot where it's like to stay away from it might be political, but yeah. to ignore it might be more controversial. Right, right. That's going to be interesting to see. I know I read this article where Oscar, uh, the peop- Oscar voters were divided. Uh, one person said it's, this is a masterpiece. Another person said this movie should be banned. So it's, it's already divisive amongst the Oscar voting people. Do you guys think there should be a sequel? This thing is clearly, it's going to make like five, six hundred million, maybe seven hundred million dollars. They're going to want to capitalize, but do we need a sequel of this? This is where the comic book movie versus our tour movie thing falls apart. Yeah. Uh, Phil Todd Phillips for a while has said that the reason that they wanted to make this movie was, and and the way he pitched it to Joaquin Phoenix was let's make a real movie and pretend it's a comic book movie was literally like the thing he said to him. Right. The problem is, is once you start talking about sequels is where you have to start trying to build stories just to fit the idea of making another movie. And I don't think Todd Phillips will willingly do that because after this, like if think of it this way, what would you do with a taxi driver two? you can't there's, you can't make taxi driver two. I am honestly surprised that they left him or, alive at the end of this movie. I think, I think my favorite way that I put it is look at, look at, look at first blood. The first ever Rambo movie right. was written as a movie that was meant to have a message about the horrors of both Vietnam, what it did to, soldiers over there and how they were treated when they came home. Yeah. It is meant to be a very cerebral movie about the, the horrors and the way we treated our armed forces in that time. Then there's <laughs> first blood part two, which is fuck. Yeah. Where literally it's just an action movie where we sent Rambo to refight the Vietnam. War. <laughs> Go back, kill him again. 
So it's it's this idea of you can have a movie that is based on having a message, but the moment you make a sequel, whatever message you meant to tell cannot possibly extend to two movies. Uh, Anthony, would you want a sequel to this, or this, should this be it? Should this be a one and done the way they left it off? Mm. I, I'm reading a quote where Joaquin Phoenix kind of left it open to potentially do a sequel. He said he'd be up to it, yes, yeah. that we could still be shooting I think now. they should leave it as is. Although, although I wouldn't mind seeing Joaquin Phoenix again. I mentioned be the Joker if he is, even, in fact, the Joker. Right. Um. I just, but I think they should leave it. I think. I think they they struck as much lightning in a bow as they could with this. Yeah. Especially with the pre hype. Yeah. I think they should leave it. Rugs, do you think they could use this to set up Matt Reeves' Batman in that movie? Will this be the same young Bruce Wayne? Uh. Or should they just ignore this for the Batman movie? I don't think it works with Batman. Mm, mm. And I mean, because he's just not the Joker. Yeah, is he the Joker? That's the question that leaves you with. He is a kind of Joker. Yeah. He is uh, something that could uh, maybe become the Joker along the way, but without that bridge movie that gets him there, or some kind of, or I don't know how you get him there. Would it be that he becomes even more like maybe in the first encounter he's not that big of a deal, but then after going back and forth with him, that inspires him to be even more maniacal? Yeah, I don't know. Like I really don't know how to actually Connect take it. this Joker and make it more akin to a villain in a Batman movie. Exactly, that's a yeah. good point. The, the The question that I was going to pose was for a character that essentially by the end was positioning himself to be this hero of the people and of the downtrodden folk hero almost. Yeah. How do you then make him the villain of a story in which he's literally being beaten up by a rich man in a costume? <laughs> that's a good well, point. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Like, I mean, how do you end it when you end this movie? Um, obviously you end it with him in the, in, in the mental institution. Yeah. So let's say he gets out. For whatever, somebody, all of all of those dudes that worship him bust him out, and then let's try and extrapolate the story. So they bust him out, and then they're like, "Yes, tell us what to do next." And he's just like, "All right, well, let's, let's fuck shit up." And so now we have to wait for Bruce Wayne to age, yeah, to become Batman. While he's uh, causing yeah, all sorts of, like, or, or do they Havoc. all just go away? <laughs> or they don't break him out until like twenty years later. And now it's like, okay, what do we do now? He's like, I don't know. I've been in a fucking asylum for 20 years. I don't know what the world's like. I would, I would also add on another point of how this is hard to connect the dots to the eventual Batman arch nemesis is if what we know of as Batman as being the master detective, the smartest guy in the room, that means the Joker has to be equally as cunning, as smart, as um, devious um, he has to be the polar opposite of Batman, right? Yeah, they didn't yeah. build in any not, aptitude. Yeah, yeah yes. there's, not, there's not that mental capacity with this he guy. He is agent or, or of chaos, we, but yeah, not really. As we saw with, with Heath Ledger's Joker, is that he is equally as clever, but he, the most clever thing that he can do is play against what is ever expected of someone right. in his position. So right. This is a great point, because this leads right into my next point, whereas Heath Ledger's Joker, to me, seemed like this guy was 10 steps ahead of everyone. Smartest guy in the room. Uh, Arthur Flick just seems more impulsive and doesn't really think things through, and it's just kind of going by the seat of his a, pants. A lot of what he's, a lot of his unpredictability is is the fact that he has an uncontrollable laugh. So he's laughing 
at things that aren't funny. That's that. that so to me, that's unpredictable because he yeah. has this condition. So I don't expect him to be reacting like this to what I'm doing. But, it but, that's, seemed but like, that's not being smarter than me. Didn't it yeah. seem like he stopped laughing once he became the Joker? Like the condition kind of went away. He went off his medication. It might be just one of those things where, like, as you gain confidence, you get over your like nervous tics. Yeah, it goes away. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. His his whole laughter thing was that it was supposed to be a, a an emotional disorder in which when he felt uncomfortable or when he felt nervous. The laughter started. Yeah. Once he took on this Joker persona, he was so confident in himself. He wasn't nervous anymore about anything. So it wasn't coming up. Well, I also think that he wasn't fighting anymore. Mm. He just I, gave oh, in. Yeah, he he, he, he yeah. had decided that it was going to go one of two ways. He was either going to go on that show and shoot himself in the head and kill himself. Right. Or kill. Or he did what he did. Yeah. yeah. And so I think at that point in time, his desire to like protect his protection uh his fight or flight shit is gone mm, yeah. yeah he doesn't care anymore he doesn't care if he lives or dies yeah. and i think speaking to when we had commented about how like at one point his plan was he was going to go on the show and he was going to shoot himself yeah. and then he decided not to yeah was the plan to shoot himself was based in the idea of still feeling like he didn't belong in the world he lived in and that, you know, there is something wrong with him, that right. he needs to go away. Oh. It was once he then had that moment with his mother where he said, you know, you always said my laugh was a condition, but I think it's just who I am. Yeah. yeah. Is that once he embraced this concept of who he believes he should be. Everybody else was is when wrong. He then turned around and said, no, 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 I'm not the problem. Yeah. You are all the problem. That's very Joker. And that's why he then turned it around and turned Fuck. it on Murray. There's so much there, good there, deep there, stuff there in this fucking movie. Are, there, there definitely is um, lots of little parts where you're like, oh, I, I could see this being the Joker that yeah, yeah. eventually gets into comics and, and becomes the Joker that I know and love. I just I can't see enough of those connective tissue. Yeah. And that's that's why I appreciate it as a movie that would stand on its own. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It has enough of the, the underpinning or underpinning concepts of the character that you're like, oh, you know, I, I could see this being a piece of the character that I know. But to then try and make what they've created fit into an already pre-existing yeah, mold, yeah, that's gonna yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, if you if you try to fill those patches, then I think that 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 movie that tries to fill those patches is gonna fall apart. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we rate the movie, here is the hardest question: Where does Joaquin Phoenix rank amongst live action Jokers? I'm talking. Well, which ones you got? You got to list. I'm talking them. Caesar Romero. Oh God. Jack Nicholson. Heath Ledger. Are you going to count the Gotham fucking guys? No. Okay. Oh, they are live action. Cameron Moynihan, I guess, but uh, let's no. just Moynihan go. and Cameron Moynihan. And Cameron Moynihan. Okay, you want to throw them in? I'm talking Cesar Romero, Jack there's Nicholson, cool, Heath Ledger, cool, uh, Jared Leto. Piece of Phoenix. art on our Jock and our Nation yeah, with all the, the different Jokers letters. and Batmans. Yeah. No, left- all, the jo- all the different Joker actors and all the different Batman actors. Oh, that one. That's right. That they match up with each uh, and they're standing in a row. Yeah. There's that other one where the all the, the, the letters are a different Joker. So uh, who's, okay, th- go ahead. Yeah, my Minus the Gotham fucking Cameron Moynihan. Uh, this is hard. Who wants to start? Where would you put? I would, I'm, you know, Jared Leto's got to go at the bottom. That's all I'm saying. Why don't you start? Fuck. All right. At the bottom. Instead of, instead of copying everyone else's answer, you fuck. Okay. Here's, I'm, I'm really torn. I'm going to say at the bottom, Jared Leto. Then I will put Cesar Romero from Batman 66, who painted over his mustache. <laughs> Then I will put the Jack Nicholson. I love that fucking Jack Nicholson Batman. Now, it's so fucking hard to to rate because you see Heath Ledger mostly as the Joker. You don't know how he got there. 
you know, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker reminded me a lot of Jack Nicholson's Joker in that you see what he was before and how he got created. I'm going to say Heath Ledger still edges him out a little tiny bit just because of the movie he's in. And I don't know, I think <laughs> because we don't get a lot of Joker. We get him until the very end. So it's a great Arthur Fleck sure. movie, but it's almost tied. I'm going to say Heath Ledger edge out by fucking half a point. Anthony. Oh, look at you. Will uh, you do me a favor? Yeah. Will you give everybody the uh, the opinion that Imran wanted to give? <laughs> well, I think it's not even a matter. <laughs> what is you that? Wanna, can I just jump in here? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Is it, is it even like uh, a discussion about the rest of the Jokers? Because we all know it's going to be the last two on top, right, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so is he better than Ledger? That's my question. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you can't even Cesar Romero's performance. It's such... It's it's such a it's performance camp. of its time that yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so yeah I mean well, let's put it down to just the two because Jack Nicholson although good is not up to the level that these other two are so no agreed the real question is better or, or than Ledger or not I, where I do think they fall? they're I think it's tough I think they're on par yeah I think I think I think Heath Ledger is a better Joker because he's the Joker longer yes but Joaquin Phoenix's character you 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 get as lost in I think it's equally an accomplishment because you get lost in Joaquin Phoenix being Arthur Fleck yeah. almost as much as you get lost in Heath Ledger being the Joker. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself is an accomplishment because as Rugboy, I believe, mentioned, maybe someone else, no one knew who the fuck Arthur Fleck was. Right. We all know who the Joker is. So as, yeah. as long as you get a really talented actor playing the Joker, that's intriguing. But when you get a guy playing Arthur Fleck in this case and it's yeah. equally as intriguing, I think that that deserves a lot of praise. Mm. Okay. So it's tied for you. I have it tied. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I I can't make a decision on that. Dollar, that what's the move. answer I wanted to give? <laughs> Honestly, I do agree a lot with what Anthony is saying. Um, I believe that it is the fact that what we got from Heath Ledger was we got the Joker a hundred percent throughout the movie. Yeah, he was already this character the moment he came on screen. We don't have any background. We don't have another person he has to be. Whereas the most that we got from Joaquin Phoenix was we got Arthur Fleck, who then kind of became the Joker. And even to the point where there's not enough of Joker in Joker to compare between the two. And there's even a point where you can almost feel like the the version of the Joker that you are seeing from Joaquin Phoenix is already pulling from things that we have seen from Heath Ledger. So I think ultimately I am I am of the opinion that I would rank Heath Ledger above Joaquin Phoenix mm. as the Joker. I think as actors they are both very much on par, but yeah. I do think that Joaquin Phoenix was able to give us something very intriguing to see without having to immediately be the character from the comic. I think he did a good job of making it different enough from these other performances. I'm, I'm curious too. to hear what Ruggs got this. Ruggs, who you got? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you guys pretty much all said the same shit, but like, who's um, a better actor? Who's a better Joker? <laughs> Look, I, the, one of them died you, you for want, this role. You gonna <laughs> take that into consideration? You want, I'm gonna say oh, Joaquin Phoenix because he's alive. <laughs> is uh, probably uh, gonna do more movies and great things. Yeah. Uh, this is Ledger's one one breakout role where he did something that was extraordinary. No one expected him to do. So he pulled like a fucking rabbit out of a hat and fucking did it. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, he's great in everything. And I think that pound for pound, he's good. He, you know, he's the better actor, like not even a question. Um, but I do think that, um, 
Heath Ledger got to be the Joker more. Yeah. And defined a lot of how, like, uh, he pretty much took so much out of the role that, like, even when the other dude, Jared Leto, tried to be the Joker, like, he left nothing. Yes. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's so the fact that Ledger, like, just ate up everything that Joker was, and then this guy was still able to put on a performance. I'm going to give it to Joaquin. Oh, shit. Joaquin. Um, Shit. I will admit, I agree with Ruggs that it is it is impressive to see someone within 10 years of The Dark Knight yeah. tackle this character yes. again. Because we didn't and think it was going to do it happen. in a way where you don't immediately go, oh, fuck this. Yeah. That's true. It's a tough job. There was no way I could have anticipated someone doing the Joker better after you see Ledger. Uh, but he does it. He gets there. He does. Like, like is it the better Joker? Uh, I don't know. It's, got, but, it's a better uh, performance of Arthur Fleck, and he's got more movies. Yeah, I will. I will say it is. It is a more solid character study, yeah, which makes yeah. it a, a a much deeper and more intimate time that you spend with this character yeah. and this actor. Yeah. I mean, we're I would splitting say hairs. Yeah, no, I know yes, absolutely, and that's yeah. the thing is, I'm not. I'm not trying to to downplay either great. role or either actor. <laughs> it is one of those things where literally, if I had to be told, if I had to say. Who is a better Joker? I go. It's it's going to be Heath Ledger because he was the Joker the whole time, right? All right. But yeah. it's not to hard. say yeah. it's that Joaquin Phoenix it. is it a is. bad Joker. It is hard to compare it, but uh, that's uh, yeah, that's the debate you're going to have. have Inevi- it's an inev- yeah. inevitable yep. debate when you yep. play a role like we that. We can yep. say they're all both great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I we- think if Heath gets the Oscar, I think Joaquin should also get the Oscar. Did Heath get the Oscar? He won he for supporting he got, he got posthumously. A posthumous Oscar oh, no, for kidding. playing Joker. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the problem I look at is this, and I, I say I loved, I loved him in the movie. I loved him as Joker. I, I appreciate the fact that they gave him the Oscar after he passed away. But I also feel like because of the fact that he yeah, died, yeah. one of the things that a lot of people didn't pay attention to yeah. was the fact that Aaron Eckhart acted his fucking balls off. That in that movie. Hot, yeah, he was great. Dead. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That just got overshadowed, and yeah. Heath probably He's a good actor too. Heath probably should have got an Oscar before for an earlier role. The Oscars are always late to give fucking people Oscars. What did he do? Yeah, like, what uh, did you give him an Oscar uh, for? Broke back. Broke back. Yeah, that's, that's the true. only other movie where he really like did something. Yeah. yeah, and he would have done a lot more. I mean, he was in a lot of commercials. Super talented. Well, yeah. and I mean, I'm I'm still one who is a huge fan of a Knight's Tale. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't he say was for an Oscar, too. Yeah. but just no. in general, I'm yeah. still a huge fan of that movie. It's still, yeah, it's an enjoyable flick. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would but- nominate him for 10 Things I Hate About You. That's <laughs> so he was, that's the thing. He's, he's trying to pivot away from these teen <laughs> rom-coms, and, and he was going there, and then uh, it didn't work out. Thank God. All right, Anthony. And then he did drugs. Ah, uh, they did drugs. In the- Anthony, out of 10, what would you give Joker? I'm going to go a solid seven and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, Del Hauer. Uh, I was actually going to say seven, so pretty close. Uh, Rugs. I was going to say eight this whole time, so I'm going to stick to Stick that. with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go eight and a half uh, because uh, it is uh, a movie <laughs> that I enjoy. <laughs> Imran, I, I, want, I want a dissertation about your goddamn reasoning. this movie. Eight and a half. I did entertain it. it they it, filmed it. it. I loved it. It could have been a little less derivative, but well, I, it works. Re- I'll tell you why I put it as an eight. Yeah. yeah. It's that you could take a person who doesn't like comic movies yeah. and sit them down and they can watch this movie and like be into it. Yeah. For the genre of comic book movies, it definitely, I think it gives like, you something different. It, but if you watch Scorsese movies, it doesn't give you something different. No. No, but I mean, not a lot of people have yeah. now. Oh, no. watch, yet, listen, I, 
I would tell the listener, watch Taxi Driver, watch King of Comedy. You will see uh, two better movies that were, that were used to make this movie. That's all. You'll, you'll meet the movie's parents. Yeah, yeah. Man, that is, a, that is a tough sell for an eight and a half for you to now go and criticize it. I, but I mean... <laughs> I, I, I know. Doesn't what are you like talking about? Completely. I give it a nine out of ten, but I'm, I'll tell you now it was terrible. I'm giving it an eight and a half for comic book movies. That's why. That's There, there you go. Yeah. I don't think it's a... Con- I mean, whatever. All right. Whatever. You can you, you know, you go is, with what you're going As with. much as they were like, oh, we don't want it to be a comic book movie. We're not pulling any stories from anything. Uh, it's a. There's a lot of fucking comic book shit that they shoehorn in the end, and it reminds me of Killing Joke and Dark Knight. And it, you have fucking Batman's origin again. So how's it all not right, a yeah, comic but it, book? But it's movie? a twist on the origin. This brings up a question that I I would love to have all of us quickly answer if we can quickly answer it. Never. <laughs> the, what do you feel was the part of this movie they did not need to have in it? Hmm. Ah, uh, that's interesting. I think the part where he's standing on the car and makes the the, the blood face. Mm. I kind of okay. like the blood face, though. I, I kind of like or, the blood or face. Even, or even the part where he's in the mental asylum at the end. I think... Um, it could have ended before that. I, I didn't yeah. need to have him actually physically interact with Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I was thinking, had you removed all the Thomas Wayne Batman shit out of this movie? I, I don't mind the Thomas Wayne stuff. Yeah. I'm saying him... Touching Bruce, Bruce Wayne's Wayne. face, like, him like, yeah. literally shoving yeah. his fingers Molesting. in his mouth yeah. to make him not, smile. Not only is yeah. it disturbing, but it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, really, we're doing this thing where they've they've met before twenty years ago. Like he could have interacted with Alfred or some like yeah. gardener yeah. in the yeah. fucking thing. Like he didn't need to interact with Bruce. I didn't need mm-hmm. that repeating shot where it cuts back and shows Bruce in the alley at the end in the you know. And I think those are part of reshoots because Joaquin looks a little bit heavier. In that last final scene, his face looks a little more filled out than earlier. But they cut back to Bruce in the alley where he says you wouldn't get the joke. I don't know. I don't know about all that. For a while, the thing that I was probably going to go with was I feel like we did not need to see the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne for Again. the 19th yeah. time in Every the past 10 years. Movie. Yeah. But I think in the end, my, my ultimate feeling of what we did not need in this movie was I hated the whole fake relationship with Zazie Beats. Mm. To make it that this relationship never happened ultimately makes it that this character does not need to be in this movie, and it doesn't give me anything, Did it add anything that the rest Arthur. of the movie didn't already have. It just pushed his, his delusion. It's like, his- oh no, he's delusional because he thinks she knows him. I already know he's delusional. I've seen it before. They've proved that by now. I think the only thing that I, I'll debate you on this and not that I don't necessarily disagree with you but i think the reason why this is in the movie is to make the fact that he needs a friend so bad that he imagines one yeah like that's how lonely he is to make him feel and that's normal. how fucking crazy he is that he 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 is so lonely that in so alone that he imagines that someone talks to him i guess my feeling on it is is that it either doesn't come around often enough mm-hmm. or doesn't feel important enough for the character no, you're right about that under that once, once it's revealed it's like oh i guess he didn't know her yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think that's why it's in there all good because like I'll, good. I'll say this she has a full name as a character sophie drummond i never uh, did not know that until n- i looked it up he never calls herself. He also the uh, the shooting yourself in the hand with the handgun uh, that totally is from Taxi Driver. But it's uh, it, oh yeah, you know, sure. They, oh, yeah. they do it like three times in this movie. Eight and a half. <laughs> Eight and a half. 
All right. Fuck all you guys. Uh, a couple of quick announcements before we peace out. Uh, listener, if you want some swag, a T-shirt, I sent Brian Goff his T-shirt for winning uh, the Felty League. Brian Goff. Congratulations. But if you want your own T-shirt, visit our shop, jockinerd.com slash shop. There is a sale on their tea public shop October 16th through 20th. Everything 35% off. You can get $13 teas uh, and everything else is reduced. Lots of fun stuff there. And we still need more Apple podcasts. Here is the current count. We are up to 97 ratings on Apple podcasts. We would love for you to rate us, judge us on Apple podcast. We're trying to get to 200 so we can reapply to rotten tomatoes and really fuck up the tomato meter the proper way. Yeah, let's do it. Let's so, do it. All you listeners who have iOS, iOS devices are and are in the U.S., specifically you, but everyone should do it wherever you are in whatever Apple podcast store in whatever country, but we need U.S., Apple Podcast ratings and thank everyone. We've had like ten new reviews. Go read them; they're on our website. Thank you so much, Del Howard. Thanks for being here. Always love to get your perspective, especially on something that you love, whether it's the Punisher, the Joker, uh, bad comic book movies. <laughs> Tell the listener. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Yes, That's I what know it is. you love those. Tell the listener uh, what you're up to, where they can find your stuff. Um. Well, at the moment, uh, the Ginger Geek blogs. Uh, website is actually down. Uh, I am I am going through revamping some stuff now that I am uh, pushing to do more with voiceover and voice acting. Nice. So there should be a new website soon uh, once I can get that put together that they can find some stuff at. But uh, they can still find me on Twitter, either at mdelhauervo or at uh, the GNGR Geek Pod, uh, as well as Instagram. Again, mdelhauervo or Ginger Geek Pod. Um, I'm finally back on Facebook, so I might show up in the, uh, the Jock and Nerd Nation well, I've seen you there every uh, now page then. every so often, yeah. just getting yelled at <laughs> for things I didn't say. Oh, shit. Um, I never said that. <laughs> Are you still doing, uh, the Ginger Geek podcast episodes? I am, but it's, it's still a thing that's coming every so often. There when, should be yeah. one within the next month or so. Cool. Um, most likely, uh, uh, I was debating on a few things I wanted to do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna announce it here, just in case I decide to change my mind because I'm <laughs> always an a good indecisive idea. bitch. Yes, never but, announce um, anything ahead yeah. of time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there will there will still be more podcast episodes coming along. Cool, rugs. Where can the listener find you? You can find me on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I wanted to say it for him. Floppy Jack. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, Twitter. at RealLyRugBoy, where I don't post anymore and I argue with people. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Either. You can see RugBoy and I get into very civil arguments. Oh, there's great. Where we, yeah. we both assume the other one may be getting mad, but realize that neither of us are. It's something you don't I see. I wasn't mad at all. No, was neither like, was I. I was, I was really interested to hear your perspective. No, and that's, but... that's, that's exactly how I felt, but it was also because everything's in text, you're yeah. like, I don't know if you're pissed at me you or not. You could read this <laughs> as you're, you're yelling at Anthony me. Anthony and I used to have that problem and i just talk to him and don't text but you guys it's something you don't see a lot on twitter is thoughtful back and forth discussion which is it was great to read the thing is it's like if i'm mad at you you'll know (laughs) because i can't not like be a dick when i'm I'm really please please stop flooding my dms with just pictures of puppet penis (laughs) felty dick pic incoming like even when i was arguing i was arguing with harry Knowles from any cool news about the whole scorsese thing And um, I was really civil to him, too, because I respect him to a degree. Yeah. Um, 
you know, whatever. Oh, so, see, because I would, <laughs> I would have been so, I would have been so tempted to just be like, well, what do I care about what you say? You just touch people inappropriately. I can't yeah, believe I, I, still I didn't do that. <laughs> I can't believe the ain't it cool news guy is still Listen, around. I got, I got banned by Gail Simone for just doing the that exact same thing. Yo, That's high I praise. Had to laugh, I had to laugh that recently, like she's she has dived so far into the I'm gonna post things because I want like nerds to get mad at me, like trolling. And it's like, what are you doing at this point? She's like, consumed with it, and that's why she banned me because I was pointing <laughs> it out. Yeah. Well, the thing, not to make this stretch us on too long, but once you get to that point in your career where yeah. you're you're on that side, yeah. You can't leave. No, if you, you leave, you, they turn on you. <laughs> That's a good no, point. You can't. You can't you leave. You, you got to fully lean into it at that point. This is why I always take the side of whatever. Yeah. Well, and then you get your white knights coming in, swooping in, and attacking people, and he's blocking people. And I would it's just love a fucking to have mess. some white knights swooping in, yelling at Rug Boy for me. I want to. White- I, all I know is I want to mansplain for someone. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, I, Anthony, I want you to specifically be my mansplainer from uh, now on. I got on. you, buddy. Oh, mansplain everything <laughs> I got just you, for Delhauer. What did he say? Toxic <laughs> masculinity at its finest. Right here, I'm about to mansplain for uh, you. Only at, at the jock. Teach, teach me things I already know, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> That's for another episode, listener. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. <laughs> Sloppy jock. That's a big fuck up right there. Yeah.